0: Hey everybody, my name is Kenzie Tartaglioni. I use she-her pronouns, and I'm your master
1: of ceremonies.
2: Hey, I'm Brennan Hershock, I go by he-him pronouns, and I play Sawyer Hook, the mortal.
1: I'm April Consolo, my pronouns are she-her, and I play Ivy Duncan,
2: a vampire.
3: Hey there, I'm Mads McDonough, I use he-him pronouns, and I play Caleb Moore, the werewolf.
4: My name is Ashley Westover, my pronouns are she-they, and I play Pharaoh Smith,
0: the chosen. And welcome to Wildmore High. content warning for this episode includes drinking blood, discussions of death, brief scenes in a hospital room, and sex. On the 9th of November... Wildmore changed. For the better, for the worse, the two extremes so mixed up in one another that it was hard to tell. Wildmore now feels stuck in an in-between. What you all learned these past few months, the truths disclosed about your families and your home, now makes what you see every day seem unfathomable. If you look, which... Most don't. You can see the wavering outline of the once impenetrable barrier. At night, it almost looks like a shimmer of green across the starry sky. In the daytime, if the sun hits just right, a rainbow outline of where a piece had floated down on that dark night. The Wildmore Cemetery was an unexplainable catastrophe. Earth ripped open, bones scattered about. The meadow around the heart was in a state of destruction. Trees toppled, debris everywhere. The few bodies lost in the fight, solemnly removed by Wyatt and his kin. Vampires don't feed on other vampires. It's out of respect, and because the sole purpose of vampire blood is to turn things. But that night was not the first night Gabriel had resulted to that solution to bouts of uncontrollable blood. But this time, as Wildmore changed, Bast stayed in stasis. His eyes, violet normally, turned black in bloodlust. Now a golden ring, as Gabriel blood flows through his veins, and this time it stayed as such. It's off-putting even to non-humans, that unnatural color. Well, I don't usually like to break narration for game mechanics, I think that this is an important reason to do so. So I just want to remind everybody that many a session ago, someone rolled, shut someone down against Ellie Hook, and in doing so, gave her the condition of casualty. And so what, when Sawyer made his way home after a long night fighting a shadow, restoring the heart, saving his best friend, and then having to talk to the agents who surrounded Sarah Moore's house. He didn't get a reprieve. The front door was unlocked, pushed open slightly, and you could hear the sounds of your sister crying. Pushing open the door, you saw Annabelle sitting on the floor of the front hall, sobbing, big loud wails filling the space, as she kind of rocked herself next to the prone body of your mother. Scattered about were the littered remains of darts, vials, and bullet casings. Her left sleeve was ripped open, gashes like claw marks through her shoulder. Unconscious with very shallow breath. The next half hour is a tumultuous whirl of red and white flashing lights, EMTs rushing through your house, a ride to the hospital with Annabelle's inconsolable form writhing in your lap, doctors and nurses, and explaining the unexplainable to you. At some point, your father showed up and took over, the doctors bombarding him with medical jargon and possible choices. And since then, Ellie Hook has been lying in the Wildmore Hospital, alive, but comatose. Daniel Moore managed to solely fight off the infection in the lake, and by the time the shadow creature was diminished, the lake was mostly back to normal, except that now the glowing algae phenomenon was there to stay. But that wasn't much of a celebration when he returned to find that his son was dead. The funeral for Adam Moore was delayed due to the investigation, but when it was finally able to commence, was attended by almost the entire town. Despite the hardships he had been going through for the last half a year, he was still, in the minds of Wildmore, their hockey star, and the charming Moore kid who had so much of a future to look forward to. The Moore House since has been a somber affair. It's quiet. Daniel and Sharon Moore do not seem to know how to move forward, move on from the loss of a child. And outside of that, the rest of Wildmoor is teeming with questions of these wild occurrences that took place and confusing theories on what happened, why the moon turned red, was it some astrological event no one knew was happening? But for the three of you who had been in the center of it and for one of you who had been pulled in in the last minute to a world you didn't really know existed you are left reeling in the aftermath of the chaos trying to find some sort of solace in what used to be familiar and in each other You have the time from pretty much the night, so November 9th to December 21st, to decide what conversations are important to have, what you want to do in that time. Damien has never really had a sense of tact in the sense that he doesn't really abide by people's privacy at all, is not one to skirt a pointed question in a time of grieving or sorrow and also will make unfounded conspiracy videos about pretty much anybody at any time and so you have been getting non-stop from him text after text about all the shit that went down what he saw that night which is more than a lot of people saw that night because of his weird creepy stalky patroly shit that he does. He's vigilant, give him that. The moon, it can be explained off as a unknown astrological event even though it was crazy and wild. People rising from the grave on the other hand, not necessarily easy to brush under the rug. So, one of the first texts you get is Pharaoh, I always knew That the zombie apocalypse would happen. I just didn't think it was gonna fucking start in Wildmore.
4: These texts definitely started in the middle of, like, Pharaoh trying to get Sawyer and them in the fucking heart. Like, during, like, the height of all this, their phone was just, like, the whole time in their pocket and it was just damien and so i think pharaoh sees that first text and then you know when the text pops up and there's been a bunch and you can kind of see them stacked like cards on your phone screen i think after things had semi-settled down before they there were like interviews with the agents and everything that night pharaoh saw that and took a breath and put their phone in their pocket and then decided to respond to them the next morning slash whenever they woke up and so they're scrolling through and not only has damien sent a million texts. He has also sent them photos and videos of like him driving through and there's just like a skeleton just kind of like (laughs) blurs by in the windshield or like up at the sky and it's doing weird shit. And there's like weird sounds in the background after like probably longer than it should have taken Damien to ask this question. Pharaoh, are you okay? Wait, shit, did you die? You could see the moment when he kind of switched into, like, this is so wild to, oh, wait, <laughs> there's danger. And, of course, there are missed calls and everything as well. And so the next morning, Pharaoh texts back and says, hey, yeah, dude, so fucking wild. Let's meet at the gas station. Let's try to figure this out. If there's anyone who could actually figure the real stuff out and then expose it, it might be Damien. So Pharaoh has to try to, like, just push him in the wrong direction basically
0: you feel a little bit better by uh him texting you after you said me at the gas station he's like yeah we should meet to talk when the moon is haunted
4: they go okay I'm I'm headed there usually Damien is Pharaoh's ride because they sort of like commandeered his vehicle so they take this moment to walk there they know Damien's gonna get their way earlier than they are but that is fine they need time to like actually breathe and come up with how they're going to just try to make up something that pushes them away from from the trio, but it's still not too, too far.
0: When you get there, you see Damien's car, and you see Damien just pacing back and forth along the length of the car. And when you come in, he kind of puts his hands up by his shoulders, like, what
4: we'll took you so long? We got things to discuss! They took their sweet time, but they approach as if they had been, like, running a marathon. They're like, sorry, you know, my, on the way out, my uncle, he was, like, losing his mind. He didn't want me to leave the house because it was so wild last night and dangerous, but I'm here, dude. Sorry, what all did you see? I also saw just, like, a bunch of skeletons... I guess, doing the monster mash, but not in like a fun way, in a definitely very scary way. Like what, what are your theories, dude? Come on, hit me.
0: I think that there are a lot of things connected here. Haunted moon, okay? Which is, moon's haunted. Like the red moon sent weird energy signals down.
4: Like a solar flare kind of, but a moon flare? Yes, yeah, kind of, kind of, (gasps) kind of.
0: Oh shit. I think that it like buffed the bats with like, I don't know, some like, fucked up type of rabies or something that I think somehow polluted bat feces polluted the soil and it like radiated into the with the moon radiation oh my god yeah but also what was really really weird is that like it looked like we live in a dome of northern lights
4: gonna gonna be real I didn't quite catch that bit there were a lot of skeletons on the ground I didn't look up too much
0: You know the moon was red, though. You looked up at the moon.
4: Yeah, the moon was red, but then I had to look down and run because skeletons. Radiation skeletons. They were after me, Damien. It was terrifying.
0: Well, that's the other thing. Where'd they go? Because then they just,
4: like, all disappeared? Do you think that, like, the radiation in their bones only animated them for a short time and then ate them away and they kind of, like, dissolved? Or is that dumb? Oh, sorry, that was-
0: was that dumb? He stops pacing. Bear was holding their breath and kind of leans back against the car. That's not bad. You think that's viable? I think that's very viable because it only lasts for a bit, so it must have been some sort of like weird flare up. But the only thing that I can't figure out for sure though is why there was like an atmosphere of these bone chilling, goose pimpling skin thingy screams in like unnatural growl shit. Some of the screams definitely could have been me or other people. No, no. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. And he pulls out his phone and he plays this really dark, fumbling video where you just hear, like, these monstrous shrieks and cries.
4: In their head, Pharaoh's like, there's no way Damien's the only one who recorded shit like this, so there's no point in stealing his phone and accidentally erasing everything. That's not gonna help in the overall scheme. You know what, Damien? I think what we need to do, we need to break down exactly our best theory about the, the, the Han and Moon's radiation and how it seeped into everything. I think that's our best lead so far. And we need to get the word out for that. Because I think people are going to have a lot of questions and they're going to be really scared. And you're the resident expert on this stuff. So, of course, the first person they're going to listen to is you, right? you okay, but what
0: about, like, the giant cat?
4: It was a giant cat?
0: Yeah. Gi- giant cat. Yeah, it like grabbed up. There was like a skeleton that had flaming eyeballs, Pharaoh. And this c- giant massive cat just like bounded down the street grabbed it in its mouth and just, like, shook it to shreds. Where'd the fucking cat come from? That's a good question, actually. I didn't know there were giant cats. (laughs) There was one giant cat.
4: One giant... Okay, so only one. That's a plus. And it took down a skeleton. I was, like, on the northeastern outskirts of town, like, heading down towards, like, how you get to the quarry. A giant quarry cat. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe that's its litter box. That was dumb. Sorry. Maybe same thing. Like, moon radiation, it got into a cat.
0: That quickly...
4: Well, everything happened so fast, dude. Did you get any photos or video of the cat?
0: No, I was driving. Ugh, I mean, damn. Yeah,
4: it sucks. We'll we'll go out to the quarry once things settle down a bit more. We know it's safe and see if we can find any footprints or anything. Pharaoh's definitely gonna go out first and hide any footprints they find. Was there anything else out? Because I pretty much just saw skeletons, moon radiation, radiated bat poo.
0: I'm still weird about whatever domes is surrounding this stamp. yeah town. that does
4: sound can i see the photos from that did you get any of those
0: he shows you and it's like kind of hard to see like when you're trying to capture light in a photo it's not the best but you can see that there's like a vague shimmer and you can see pieces floating through the air where the barrier is breaking down and breaking apart
4: you know what? Maybe your theory about aliens having us in some sort of observatory isn't that far off. Because they're watching our town! Literally, that's what this looks like. Maybe they blasted the moon with the radiation. Do you think this is just some experiment, dude? Do you think we're just getting experimented on? Like, ex like. And I turned to Beauregard, who's in my pocket, and I'm like, not, n- not to be offensive, but like rat, like
0: lab rats? I need you to roll to manipulate. That's an eight. What would be the aliens' intentions for, like, wouldn't they want to just, like, Observe natural humanity instead of, like, making it insane? This shit doesn't happen here normally like that. So, like, what would they gain from observing unnatural circumstances?
4: In Pharaoh's mind, they're like, this is the time you want to start actually questioning your belief system and applying logic to shit, Damien, really? That's fine. And they turn to him and they say, well, you know how in like actual science experiments, you need the control group and the experimental group, right? Just to see what the differences would be. Maybe there's other
0: towns
4: that are like control groups and they're comparing us to them.
0: Pharaoh, we have to get on Reddit and we have to find these people.
4: I will get so deep in Reddit for this. We have
0: to find these people because then we can compare stories and figure the shit out. Because I think maybe, I think you're right. Ah, uh, dude, absolutely.
4: Uh, I haven't really gone into Reddit too much, but like I'll start digging. You want? Do you have time? Do you want to come over? Pharaoh knows that, like, they could get a call from Agent Drummond or Mashburn or even, like, Sawyer or one of the other, uh, kiddos at any time because they don't know. It's so up in the air right now, too. They're not quite sure. Yeah, I just, uh, if I have to dip, I- my uncle's been super protective, like I said, I barely got out of the house, so if I have to, like, dip suddenly, just don't- don't be pissed, dude, but I promise we'll- we'll get to the bottom of this. Great,
0: cool. Uh, can we, like, stop in there? I want to get an ore soda before we go. Yeah, I need a meat stick.
2: I think Sawyer would be with Annabelle most days in the hospital room, waiting with his mom and kind of looking after his sister. I think he would be there for longer than than the hours would allow for for most days. He's put together a playlist, a very soft one, to just kind of keep her company when he's not there, and he does his best to keep William out of the house and look after Annabelle himself and... He will sleep on the couch in the living room with Annabelle and the raggedy blue stuffed animal George most nights and do his best to make light of the situation and pretend like it's not really happening too much. But she's pretty smart. She gets the, the gist. And so he'll just try to play games with her at home most of the week. Make sure she's, if anything, just not focused on anything bad. And when he needs to sleep, he will sleep with her. Or if he needs time for himself to cope, he will see if either Pharaoh or Caleb or possibly Ivy are available to watch Annabelle for a short amount of time. However, I think he'd mostly text Pharaoh because he's allowing the other two to sort of have their grief time as well. Sawyer would definitely attend the funeral and be as close as he could to both of them, without saying too much. But afterwards, his priorities mainly lie with uh, watching over Annabelle for a little while.
4: I would also like to say in regards to that, they are still not in the habit of directly interacting with you all, but whenever Sawyer is not with Ellie, Farrell will sometimes go, even if they have to sneak in. It's fine. They don't really have a concept of closed times they go in and they make sure that her pillows are fluffed or that the desk is dusted make sure all her flowers have water they don't ever look directly at her just because there's it, there's still a lot of guilt and so they just want to do what they can to support this family that they don't belong to but they do but not really and it's there's a lot going on right now so they're not really focusing on that they do this sort of the similar thing with the house because it is just sawyer in there now and it is a bigger house so some Sometimes if dishes miraculously get put away or laundry is done or there are little bits of y'all's favorite candy like in a bowl on a table. They try to be as in the background as possible just because they they want to be there, but they don't want to shoehorn themselves into a situation that they know is very personal and that they have been kind of spying on for a while they feel a little dirty in that regard you know that they're there and i think the first time you catch them sort of like making the bed (laughs) or something it might have been a little awkward but we probably start texting a little more often after that and eventually pharaoh starts asking what you need instead of just doing random things so they can help out more and they start interacting more and offering to watch Annabelle because I think at first you probably were not wanting anyone else too close but they do provide that support that your father won't or didn't and that your mother can't so that's one of the things that they've been doing this whole time is just trying to be there for Sawyer and Annabelle because they they really like Annabelle they had some great tea parties
0: I think that for a bit of time you're able to waylay your father not always, but sometimes from the house itself, though he is often at the hospital. But Legally, he can't not take care of you or Annabelle, so he continues to do that but does try to make himself scarce for at least a bit of time. I think that there is a point in which Bast finds you and pulls you aside and offers pretty much explains that you can't file for emancipation until you're 16, but that if you did ever want to do that, you would have a place at Blackburn Manor, though your father would still have custody of Annabelle.
2: I think Surrey would have made a deal with his dad that he can stay in the guest house and and visit his mom. However, he is attempting to keep majority of time with Annabelle for himself and away from his dad if he can. And I think he would request Bast or Gabriel to, uh, or ask for periodic check-ins as well for Annabelle and would request for updates on William if they have any, if they're snooping.
0: There are many a clash between you and your father over this. On the end of of Bast or Gabriel having any further information about him,
2: it's mostly just trying to keep tabs on what he's doing when I'm not around him, Um, if he's spiraling in any way or things of that nature.
4: I think if you mention anything like that with Pharaoh around, they would be like, I have been professionally spying on your dad for the last few months, so I can just keep that contract going if you would like.
2: Yeah, please do. I uh, I just gotta make sure he's not unfit at times
1: in the weeks following Ivy coming back into herself she hasn't been herself most of the time she is lying on her bed not listening to music not reading just thinking listening to the sounds of her dad's in the house the creak of the floorboards the whir of the air conditioning the birds outside sounds of life she answers Caleb and Sawyer when they text her and every night, she sneaks into Sawyer's bedroom through the window. She watches him sleep, but hasn't really been able to herself. Ivy is dressed in all black. She looks in her mirror. She can almost see Adam sitting on the bed behind her, grinning, joking, looking at her with love. Ivy considered not going to Adam's funeral. The guilt of it was so overwhelming. She didn't know if she would be able to make it through. Look the moors in the eyes. And grieve with them. Although she's seemingly cried herself out over the past few weeks, tears still come to her eyes. Now she takes a deep breath in, she hears a knock at her door. Yeah, um, sorry, one sec. She wipes her face and goes and opens the door.
0: Bast is standing outside of the door in an impeccable black suit. He kind of cocks his head to the side a little bit as you open the door. I was coming to check on you, see if you were ready didn't expect that you would want to be late to this.
1: No, yeah, I'm I'm almost ready.
0: He reaches out a hand and it places it against your jaw and kind of lifts your head up so that he can see more clearly. It's something that he's been doing almost daily since the ninth, as if he's checking behind your eyes to make sure it's really
1: gone. Ivy looks into his eyes and sees how different they are, but her own are clear. I'm fine. I just, I, I just need to find my socks. She breaks away from him and starts digging through her drawer He watches her silently as she gets more and more frustrated, until eventually she slams one door shut and puts her head in her hands, takes a deep, shuddering breath. I don't even know if I should be going. Why would they want me there? Because he would. How am I going to be able to look at them? I love these people. I've known them my whole life. Do you think... Ivy finally turns around to really look at Bast. Do you think Adam's parents knew? Or when we started dating, do you think they were afraid this would happen? I
0: think that we and the Moors have something in common. Adam had the capability to do the same in return, or we thought he did at the start. So I don't think there was any concern. But at some point, as a parent, you have to accept That fighting a choice, especially the one that you guys made to be together, to want to be together, was the only way that we were going to be able to actually protect you. Because if we didn't accept that, you would have just hated us all.
1: Probably would have done it anyway.
0: And that. Ivy gives a ghost of a grin.
1: Does this ever get easier, being like this?
0: The door to your room without any doing by either you or Bast slams shut. And Bast turns to look. And he looks back to you. And he says... It's not something that you can ever forget, even without the help of those reminding you of what you did, but it's up to you to decide how much grief you deserve from yourself.
1: Slowly, Ivy nods, and then, suddenly feeling like a little kid, she rushes at her dad and wraps her arms around his waist and buries her face in his funeral suit and cries. He
0: wraps his arm around you and pretty much like, sweeps you up into his arm and carries you over to the bed where he sits down with you in his lap like he used to do when you were a child.
1: I miss him.
0: And you probably always will. But there are too many people with demons living in this house. And the one thing that I have learned, aside from needing to take responsibility for your actions, is to also know when you were not responsible for your actions. And that may not help you take blame off of yourself right now, but Ivy. You are being manipulated and controlled by something that has been doing it to so many of us for longer than I can even remember. You cannot fault yourself. I cannot fault you for giving in to something I never even chose to fight against.
1: Ivy pulls back her face and looks at her dad. Such a familiar face. I'd say you've been fighting it pretty well. I'm proud of you, dad, and thank you. When we get there, if I have to leave, will you come with me? Me and Gabriel will
0: always be right by your side whenever you need us.
1: Sawyer, when you come into your room, Ivy is just laying on your bed in her funeral clothes, staring up at the ceiling.
2: Sawyer walks in and starts undoing his tie, and walk over and just flop next to you, like he usually does.
1: Thanks for letting me crash here tonight.
2: It's not <laughs> unlike most nights.
1: I know, I just, I didn't know if you would need some space today.
2: I like that you've been sleeping over.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Whenever I feel like I need to be alone, it really is just I want to be around my best friend. Like, it almost feels like I'm alone, but better. Does that make sense?
2: At this point, we're kind of just extensions of each other. I think we're we're like pillows, and I'll just like grab a pillow and... And, like, hug it really hard and then start, like, punching it a little bit. But then squeezing it really hard and then put it back behind my head. Like that. That's like you and me.
1: Ivy kind of rolls onto her side a bit. And it's like, so the part where you, like, punched the pillow or the part where you, like, hugged the pillow.
2: Like the whole. All of all the of whole it. thing. It was, like, comfort. But then, like, ah, God, ah. but then, like, oh, release, relief. We're good. And then comfort. And then it's like, it's like where I lay my head every night.
1: No, I, I get it.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe not pillows, I don't know. You, um, I don't know if, asking if you're okay is even the right question.
1: I'm relatively okay. I've, uh, I've been thinking a lot about death. Sawyer, I, it's possible I won't die for, like, a really long time. There's kind of fewer people trying to kill me, I hope, than there used to be, but. I could live for like thousands of years. And I think about that sometimes and my brain just can't even wrap around that thought. Like, what will the world even be like in a 100 years or like 500 years? But I mean, my dads have been around for millennia already and it was okay because they they had each other. And uh, for a while I thought that would be like me and Adam, you know, Ivy blinks back tears but also like I don't think it would have been because I actually I think that like my real soulmate is you and like not in a romantic way like I'm not like don't freak out and also maybe don't tell Caleb I said any of this but I really think that you and me are meant to be in each other's lives forever but like your life Dude, you're only gonna make it to, like, 100 if we're really lucky, and with the way you, like, pound junk food, I really don't think- I'm not
2: gonna make it to, like, 60.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're not gonna get anywhere close to 100. I know.
2: I think about that a lot.
1: Yeah, you should think about it, like, more, maybe. Maybe.
2: Like sometimes I don't even know if I'm going to make it to like 30.
1: Oh my god, don't say that. Dude, I'm like really reckless. I know, and it scares me. Like your life, she holds her hands up in like a, like cups both of her hands together. She's like, "You are just this like fragile little glass ball of human. Like you're slow and you're not very strong. Look, like, you're smart and again, you're my soulmate. I love you, but you are just so fragile, and you're gonna be here for, like, no time at all. And that's... I've been thinking about that a lot.
2: Should I be thinking about that more?
1: I don't know. It's, it's, it's human of you to not think about it, I guess. What, um,
2: what are you saying?
1: I wanted to, um, formally ask you if you would want to spend forever with me. I could turn you if you wanted.
2: Sawyer's eyes rocket open. He sits up. Oh, shit.
1: I know that's, like, really intense. Like, a thousand times more intense than, like, a marriage proposal.
2: I'm not- whoa. Would I- would I be cold all
1: the time? Am I cold all the time? Sometimes. Yeah, and you're cold sometimes.
2: I guess that's true. But I would be fast and-
1: You'd be really fast, yeah. Like, a lot faster than you are now. And I would have to drink blood? Ivy slowly nods her head. Yeah, that's- that's part of the deal.
2: Whoa. Whew, whoa. And Sawyer gets up and starts pacing his room. Listen, I'm not saying that anything- I disagree with anything you just said. I think that we're soulmates as well. Don't tell Caleb. And I think that, like, everything's gonna be great. Like, I, I- I think I'll love you forever. I- I- I have no idea. Like, nothing could stand between you and me being anything but the bestest of friends. I just- holy shit.
1: You don't have to decide, like, right this minute. You honestly- you don't even have to decide, like, this year. But- Every day that passes, I just get more and more aware of you being a little glass ball of mortal, and it's—you know—I just don't want if you I to wait like
2: too long to make this decision. Am I gonna be like stuck as an old guy if I then decide like on oh, my deathbed, like, oh god, I, I need and what if I do live? To, I'm not gonna live to eighty, I know that, but thirty, like, like fucking, like that guy, like that guy I saw at Crush and Egg.
1: Like, what if I'm stuck like that? Fuck, I gotta make this decision as soon as possible. Vampires that get turned when they're older, like, they still get, they still get, like, the strength and the the speed and everything. You would just look old. I'd have wrinkles. You would have wrinkles. Yeah, it doesn't work on wrinkles. It works on, like, everything else, though.
2: I feel like I at least need to be, like, 18, because
1: then things might be weird. I mean, everything would be weird. Everything is weird no matter if you're a vampire or a mortal or whatever the fuck I am. Like, everything is weird.
2: Okay, I have my decision.
1: Already? No, Oh. I
2: thought I did. Okay,
1: no, you don't, you don't, You you really do not have to make this decision right now, I promise. I didn't even know this was an option. Yeah, I've kind of thought about it our whole lives. I just didn't really have the balls to ask you until now.
2: I appreciate the offer. I will give it as much brain power as I have.
1: Yeah, okay. I am not saying no. Well, that's it's better than I expected.
2: Sir sits back down next to you very slowly. God, it'd be pretty fun,
1: though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like ninety percent of the time, I think I think I'd be better with you around. And I'm not saying that you would not be around if you stayed human. I mean, obviously, eventually you would. And, and but I would love you the whole time, even when you're old and like 30, I'd still love you, and I'd still hang out with you all the time. It's just, um, I just can't picture my life without you.
2: I have a couple of hang-ups about the whole living forever thing. You know, you always get presented with the, you know, the, oh man, if you could be immortal, like, would you? Would you do it? And I'd be like, ah, yeah, like every time I'd just be like, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't want to live forever? But when it's right in front of you, you know, I... I don't even know myself yet, you know?
1: Yeah, I do know.
2: I would be sad, and I I think I have a very small inkling of understanding of what you've been thinking about for so long. If I left, or if I stayed and Annabelle left, or if the both of us just outlived Caleb. I don't, I don't know how werewolf years yeah, work.
1: I don't know, is Caleb gonna live for like a really long time? Or is it really short, like dog years?
2: Like, every year is like seven?
1: Yeah, I kind of want to have that conversation with him
2: really soon. Me too. I mean, the shape-shifting has got to put some stress on, on like the bones and the arteries,
1: you know? Yeah, that can't be good for him.
2: Probably going to have arthritis by 18. Oh, God. I think I need to graduate high school before I decide if I'm going to be immortal
1: or not. That's fair.
2: But like I said, it's it's not a no right now.
1: Okay. Whoa. <laughs> <Ooh.
2: sighs> That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's my brain. It's really, um, you can make that decision at any point. It can be when you graduate. It can be when you're in your 20s. It can be when you're 60 on your deathbed and you decide then. You're still going to be my best friend and I'd do it then.
2: The sheets slowly start to shift and you feel Sawyer kind of like wrap his arms, dig under you, wrap his legs around you as well and just koala hug you.
1: Ivy is crying a little bit, but she laughs, she's like, how did I know you were going to koala me at this moment?
2: It's like the best hug.
1: Yeah, it is. I love you. I love you too.
2: We need to like, we need to do something. You know what I mean? We We need to go do something. Come here. And I grab your hand.
1: I'm already here. Yeah, but here in my hand.
2: And I shake your hand.
1: Okay, what, what is it?
2: And I run out of the bed and I try to yank you along, but I definitely don't have the strength to yank you. So I kind of just like stop when your arm lengthens out.
1: Ivy like uses her other hand to wipe her tear away and then follows Sawyer. Where are we going?
2: Just come on. It's been something I've been wanting to do. Okay. Okay. Sawyer sprints down the stairs and almost slips at the bottom on the sleek flooring and runs through the hallway in his house. Jesus
1: Christ, what did I just say about being a glass ball? I'm fine!
2: And I throw open the garage door and I usher you inside. Shut the door. I open the garage and moonlight pours in and illuminates this really well-kept, beautiful Harley motorcycle. This gorgeous chopper.
1: No. Yes. Sawyer?
2: Tonight, right now.
1: I just had a discussion with you about how terrified I am that you're going to die, and you want us- Yeah, you're with it. me. You know, that's true, actually. So, I'm driving. We'll switch off. I mean, I could have a Sawyer roll to manipulate Ivy if we wanted to.
2: <laughs> sure, I'm down. <laughs>
1: Actually, yeah, I think I think that's a good
0: roll. Nine? I'm gonna say that I think that in this friendship, that's enough to get Ivy
1: to, as she did, kind of agree. Fine, but I go first.
2: Fine, deal. But I get to start it. I walk over to a toolbox. I open it up. I like lift up this secret hatch underneath. Like all these different tools, I'm just throwing screwdrivers, and they're clanging against the ground. And I get this this one spare key, and I rush over to the motorcycle. All right, are you gonna get on? Yeah. Okay, wait. All right, fuck it, fine. I'll be in the back for now if you're gonna ride first. Cause I think, I don't know how to ride this. I think we just sort of like, like momentum takes us. Like as soon as it starts, like you gotta go.
1: Ivy swings onto the motorcycle and waits until Sawyer like koalas on her again and revs it. And then she like peels out of your garage and just cruises down the road. Slow down! You asked for this!
0: There's been an emptiness in the Morehouse. Adam's room has been closed off. It's almost like there's an abyss behind that door that no one dares enter, dares talk about. You've seen your father every so often pause outside of it as if he's thinking about entering it but chooses not to. And you realize that in the grand scheme of it, you have one thing in common with your dad and it's that you've both lost siblings.
3: It's difficult to watch... Because as all of this has been going on, Caleb is very much the type of person to reflect inward, to be able to process hardship of any kind. There's a front that he puts up that he doesn't want other people to see him struggling. It's that mentality of like, I need to protect them and I need to be their shield. And he even does that with his parents sometimes. Like this concept of, oh, don't worry about me, even though desperately there's this deep part that says, please look at me, please look at me, please worry about me. I want you to do it of your own volition though. Getting wrapped up with the funeral, and the process, and the stuffy clothes, and all of the people that he's seen and grown up with his entire life, and only spoken to once, and they don't care about me, they don't know me, they don't know anything that happened here. It's easy to get lost in that routine, the wash of it, that he slips into this light depression. I say light because when people think of depression, they think of crying and screaming and emotions, which is usually what caleb is he's aggressive and forward and all these other things but he's very very quiet and very reserved when he's not doing well there's a time where he's in between his bedroom going to use the restroom that he sees his dad stopped in front of the door he's always known that his father's heavy footsteps land right in front of adam's door more often than not these days and he doesn't comment on it because we all process things in different ways But in that moment where he's just going to the bathroom and almost happens upon his father there, the two of them make eye contact. He realizes that there is something terribly important in all this that he's forgotten to talk to him about. And so he throws on a jacket Tells his dad he needs to show him something really important. It's late, dark out. That's about the time that he first saw her. Maybe it would happen again. He hasn't tried since, but he leads his father out into the woods and they walk almost aimlessly for a while. But Caleb insists that he knows where he's going. And it's like something deep in him that understands that when really he has no idea what's going on. But eventually the two of them make it to that little pond with the tiny little waterfall he waits. Just don't, don't freak out. I, I promise I wasn't hiding this from you. There was just a lot that happened all at once, and I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. I don't know, I don't know how to help her.
0: As you enter this space, Daniel is kind of turning and looking at everything. The luminescent flowers, the almost glowing water of this creek and this waterfall, and you see that there's like, it almost looks like there's a gold dust on his hands that you've never been able to see before. It's like this light has shed something on it. And his eyes go wide, and for the first time in weeks, you see an upturn to his lips and a small smile. And he, looking up, says, This is a face space. How did you find it?
3: I didn't find it. I mean, she showed me.
0: It's like he hasn't quite grasped what you're saying yet, and he says... I've only heard stories. I thought they were legends, myths of some sort. I didn't think they would exist in the new world.
3: Well, with the state of this world, nothing really surprises me anymore. The night that everything happened, I went outside. I tried to go out to make sure that everything was going to be okay before that big plan to trap Ivy and fix her somehow. And I saw something. Something that's been trying to reach me for a while now, but, I mean... I know I was just a kid, but I listened to what you said. You don't go out at weird hours of the night. You don't look at things that don't have faces. And you don't tell them your name. And you don't say yes or no to them. But there was something something about this thing that I found that felt different. And so I followed it, and it led me here. And Dad, it's Sarah didn't leave us. Not really. She got stuck, and she can't come home.
0: As if saying her name is a summoning to her. On the rock that she landed upon when she first brought you here, you hear like the wind start to pick up. You see it kind of swirling and it goes from transparent air to gray to a deeper black until this smoky visage with flashes of a familiar face in it look out at you. I didn't know if you'd find your way back, Caleb.
3: I cross my arms over my chest. I just knew.
0: There's a sharp intake of breath beside you as your father lays eyes on what is left of his sister. Sarah, I'm sorry. I didn't think it would be this way. I thought I was helping. Why didn't you tell me any of this? Because it wasn't your issue. It wasn't your problem. You didn't have what I had. And I made that mistake of thinking I couldn't confide in you about it. I'm glad to see you again. Your dad kind of looks to you, looks back to Sarah, looks to you. As he's glancing back again, says, well, we can fix this. We'll fix it.
3: Can we?
0: He swallows and sets his jaw. We'll fix it.
3: Okay, well, what do we do?
0: He's just being Daniel, Caleb. I don't think we can fix it. I'm not just being anything, Sarah. There's a solution to every problem. There always is. We'll fix it. I'm not really here in the sense that I was. I think you can call on me, but I don't think I really exist anymore. I think that I'm in another in-between
3: I tuck my head down, feeling defeated, and then I hear the two of them bicker back and forth for a moment.
0: Your dad's like, you always give up! Way too soon! You never set your mind to anything! And she goes, sometimes you can't fix things that don't need to be fixed, Daniel. And they keep going, back and forth.
3: I tap something in the back of my brain that's so terribly familiar, that I miss so much. And the thought of someone else losing that makes me so angry. So I square my shoulders, jut my chin out, arrange myself so I'm standing squared next to my father. Aunt Sarah, he's right. You can't just give up on this so fast. Look, I know that you were just doing this by yourself before. You got trapped, stuck, but you have us now. There are more of the Moors here now. And it might take forever, it might take years, it might take everything that we have, but the best part about us and about this ridiculous family is that we are so stubborn and we won't stop trying. We won't give up on you, so don't give up on us.
0: There's a strange noise from her direction that sounds like a scoff, but it's so wispy and it's almost non-existent because of the form that she's in. Every day, I'm a little less attached to this place. It's hard to remember who I am, where I came from, but that's a feeling I know well. So for as much longer as I'm allowed by whatever power to sometimes show myself, that's all the time you have. A clock ticking until it stops.
3: I'm going to look to my father, shake my head, and I am going to hop into the water and wade over to the stones that she is atop. And I'm going to crawl up on top of the stones and I'm going to get as close to her as possible enough that I swear that I can feel the heat from the smoky form that she has rising off of her and starting to encompass me. And with that, like this familiar trigger in my mind, I'm going to reach my hand out and try and grab hers and as i do my hand starts to elongate the smoke starts to encompass my own and so that smoke that she has and my own start to billow around each other and the smell of it that like rough charcoal that you'd find at the bottom of a fire pit washes over me and i am going to attempt to gaze into the abyss (laughs) it's an 11 minus one it's a 10
0: The glow and the effervescence and the magical quantity coming off of your surroundings grows brighter and brighter and brighter until it whites out your vision. And you're standing in a white space, but it doesn't feel like it's like a white box room. It feels like there is permanence to it, that there are slopes and patterns and texture but you just like can't really you know it's there but like only out of the corner of your eyes when you look at it it's just whiteness and standing before you is the same figure except that the color of the flames have shifted to like a gray blue of this smoke pattern around her and you see her like spreading out her arms and looking at it as if examining this change and there's a smile on her face this is what she used to be and the smoke kind of slowly swirls around and swirls out across this white coloring it now in the gray blue showing the leaves showing the rocky form showing the trees growing and the creek flowing and it's a replica of the space you were in and then you watch it change and you watch time pass and you watch the leaves fall and you watch the blooms, not not wilt, but just fade as the seasons change and grow brighter as the seasons change. And the only thing that doesn't stay in that flow of motion is your Aunt Sarah. But she's always there, and she's always looking how she should look. And it seems to be almost like she can be saved from one in between, but possibly not another. And... As that fades, as you're touching her and you come back to yourself and you're touching her and your little bit of elongated form has mixed in with her smoke, you see that there seems to be light between you, flowing between you like an energy like the two wolves are connecting. and You can feel the twistedness that was pressed into her and was that forced her into this stasis and she looks like she can feel it, too, moving. As if there's become a link between the two of you. I don't think there's ever been two wolves at the same time. I don't know if it's possible for both of us to fully exist.
3: Well, I spent my whole life being the younger sibling. I'm pretty used to hand-me-downs and sharing at this point, And I shrug.
0: What if sharing means you become, like me, stuck? Or what if it means you lose it altogether? You have a lot ahead of you. I'm not saying I don't either or I couldn't, but I've made the mistakes that have landed me here. You don't have to take on my penance.
3: I look down at where our hands are locked together, captured in that smoky swirling, and I think about all the times that I counted myself so lucky to not be the one to have this inheritance. All the times that I shrugged it off and laughed because this town was a prison of its own making and i was going to be the one to get out i was going to go out there i was going to make a name for myself one that wasn't a moor but one that was just caleb because i chose that name and then i think about adam and how he never felt restricted by an inheritance, by a gift. He was flattered and honored to be given that responsibility, to be there for our family, our parents, to represent something that was bigger than he was. A little hope from generations and generations and generations ago, that we would make it and we would grow roots like all of the trees in this forest. I clench my jaw, unclench it, I nod. I don't think it would be so bad, staying here just a little longer. You know the state of the homes around here, empty. Decrepit, lonely. Think it would be nice if people were there again. People came back home. Think it would be nice if you could come back home.
0: You hear your dad go, wait, 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 wait. And he starts kind of like running up to where you guys are. And you see that it looks like the grass under where his feet step grows a little greener and brighter. And he kind of runs up and scrambles up onto these rocks too. And he just grasps your hand and grasps what is kind of Sarah's hand. And he goes, well, I'm a bridge, right? Son, sister, I'm a bridge. Maybe you just need to be better connected. Daniel, what are you talking about? I know that I am not the wolf, but if there's going to be two wolves, maybe it's not that there can't be two wolves. Maybe it's just that they need, I don't know, you have two trees. Sometimes two trees share a root system. What if that's just me? It's a a connecting point.
3: Like a conduit. Something to funnel the power through.
0: I mean, possibly, but I still feel like... You know what? we might as well try it. And you stand on this rock in front of a waterfall in the triangle holding hands with your aunt, the only person alive in your family who knows what it's like to carry this, and your father who just lost somebody may be able to get somebody back and is looking at you as if you're his future. Okay, well then, what do we do?
3: I almost bark out a laugh and it kind of crackles in this in-between form that I'm in, like embers. I don't know. Look, I'm the most new to all this.
0: Caleb, I think it's time that you show a little control. You don't need to be angry. It's in you. It's always a part of you.
3: I close my eyes. I think about the other two times, three times in my life, that I've been able to achieve that form. Two of them were anger, one of them was compassion, and I lock onto that feeling. Seeing Sawyer, telling him to be safe, seeing Ivy and the warped form that she was in and wanting to save her. Seeing my brother who wasn't my brother anymore. And knowing that even though I couldn't protect him anymore, that I wouldn't make his memory something to laugh at. And there's something about anger and how much of a strong emotion it is. And I smile to myself, shake my head, and how gooey and just corny it is that something that's stronger than anger is love. And so I grip both my father's hand and my aunt's, and I let that feeling of warmth start to churn in my gut, and I feel it rise and crackle up like flames starting to catch on spare twigs and roughage and the way that it encompasses everything. I can feel the cracking of my bones and limbs as they start to elongate and I start to hunch forward and that smoke starts to travel up from where mine and Sarah's hands are connected to my arms my chest, down my legs up and over top of my face and when I open my eyes it's hazy and blurred but I can see. I can see this in between Sarah and I can see my dad and I can see this creek in the little waterfall and how beautiful it is here. And I can see above me the trees and how the canopy spreads just enough with the leaves that have started to fall. That I can see the sky, I can see the stars, the moon, and how big and vast the universe is, how beautiful it is. And something about it overtakes me and how amazing this feeling is, this wholeness. And I tip my head up and I howl.
0: I think that this deserves... Uh, skipping over whatever experience points you haven't gained yet and going straight into advancement for Caleb. As the two smoky blacks meet where your hands are, they kind of start mixing and parts of it become blue. And where your hand is holding your father's hand, the gray and black smoke mixes with the gold flecks that have now lifted off of his hands and are swirling. And with his hand and Sarah, it's the same except with a blue smoke. All of your arms are pretty rigid. It's a strong hold. But you feel an influx of adrenaline and serotonin and joy. And you see the smoke swirling around Sarah's face turn into the smoky visage of a wolf that you're used to yourself becoming. And you see your father looking between the two of you with this stupid smile on his face. There's a moment where you all feel like you're almost floating and it's so stupid because it does feel like a storybook. It does feel like one of the stupid stories that your dad told you guys as kids, that he was told as a kid, that sounded absolutely unobtainable. There's a glowing meadow in the middle of the forest and the fairies dance and everybody has a good time. And yet here you are literally amidst it because myth isn't so far from real life for you. And the glowing eventually subsides and you're back feeling solid and grounded. And it's second nature to snap out of that form back to Caleb. And as you do it, so does Sarah. And you stand there on this rock and your dad just starts laughing. He's like, (laughs) that was a really stupid idea. I can't believe it worked. And then he grabs his sister and pulls her in for a, a long awaited hug and reunion. Still laughing, tears of joy, tears of relief. She's hugging him back, but looking at you with a smile. And there's just like a nod. Because nobody's ever going to be able to share what you share. And she was never able to share it with anybody before. Kai waits a few days after the funeral. And for pretty much the first time, there's not a knock on your window. There's a knock on your bedroom door. And she doesn't wait for a response. She just opens it and she kind of peeks in to see if you're in there. Hey. Hey, your Dad, let me in. Yeah, he, he loves you. Yeah i guess she closes the door behind her she kind of just stands in front of it so um it's good to see you oh okay because i was gonna say i can leave if you don't want me here
1: no no it's it's uh it is it's good to see you
0: i had some and she pauses and her eyes squint i was gonna say something that i don't think would have gone over well so i'm gonna just not gonna say it
1: well now you have it was, to like, say it was it just like tactless you, it was tactless now you brought it up so i feel like you should say i had it. some
0: people to bury too
1: I'm sorry. But we did it. So us too, obviously.
0: I know I was there. That's right. I'm I'm sorry I didn't didn't
1: really talk to anyone. Yeah. No.
0: Um I don't know. It felt uh disrespectful not to be there.
1: Ivy kind of looks around her room. She picks up like one shirt on the ground and she says, sorry, my room's like a mess. And then she just
0: watches you pick it up and move it and fold it and place it in a drawer. And she says, this has kind of been my life for my whole life, but I'm realizing that it's all really new to you.
1: Burying people.
0: I mean, that's part of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a little different for me just because, you know. I don't want this to be weird. It is. I know it is. Obviously. It's really weird, but I, um, I don't want it to be. Uh, I would like it not to be
0: weird either, but I wasn't exactly sure what to expect when I came in here. I just wanted to come
1: i don't know i feel bad i i i've liked you for a while and like i know from my dads you can like multiple people at the same time it's not that i feel bad for what we did but i i want you to know i wasn't trying to follow your advice i didn't do that to like embrace my vampire ivy or whatever
0: that wasn't my advice so i didn't think that right
1: I'm also not here to
0: blame you for it.
1: Well, I am to blame. It doesn't mean... Look, I've been talking to my dads a lot and and Sawyer, and I know that that means that I'm not, like, you know, literally the scum of the earth. Like, I get that it means I'm not literally evil incarnate now. I get that. Uh... But i still kind of feel that way most of the time she hasn't really
0: moved from the space right in front of your closed door and she's not looking at you but it doesn't look to be like she's trying to avoid looking at you it looks like she's just thinking over what she's going to say next which kai is a slow speaker sometimes anyway so this isn't like wildly out of character and she comes out with something completely not what you would have expected her to say next is your house still haunted? Oh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Though thought maybe that she would leave if, when the thing happened. No, Jane's still here. I talk to her sometimes, honestly. She talk back? Sort of. Um, trying to, like, establish a system for communication with her, but it's not going very well. You know, slam the closet door twice for yes, once for no. Gets kind of annoying after a while should you maybe like a snap system oh
0: see you're smart oh no but she has to talk to you she can't yeah
1: yeah i've tried like candles maybe like a knock system instead knocking's good she just has to listen to me talk about how much i hate myself that's kind of like the last
0: time i saw you you know i know was dancing with jane and then that wasn't really you the other time so
1: it's been a while. You don't think that was me? Not even like a small part?
0: I'm not gonna say that you can't be a bitch but you're not usually a dick to your friends like that so yeah no I don't really think it was you.
1: Ivy finally makes full eye contact with Kai and she smiles just barely. Thanks I I guess. I was supposed
0: to be not necessarily a compliment just like an iteration on your character. Ivy
1: grins a little wider. I don't know if I nailed it. Yeah you didn't do too well. You said i'm not usually a bitch no i think i said you can be a bitch oh good thanks thanks for um clearing that up for me but
0: you're not usually a dick to your right. friends
1: yeah usually not ivy looks around so um i i had i did i wanted to ask you something okay do you remember when we first met yes and uh, i was like covered in blood and correct You said you weren't scared of me. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if that was still true.
0: Yeah, I'm not scared of you. I was scared of it in you, but I'm not scared of you.
1: Ivy goes to say something, but then just nods rapidly. And and then she just runs over and embraces Kai tightly, her arms wrapped around her neck. And she's shaking a bit. It's good. Uh, I was, I was really afraid that you would be. I've seen a lot of scarier
0: things than you, Ivy.
1: She pulls back a bit. She says, "You can tell me about them sometime." Are you sure that
0: this is a good time for us to continue doing what we do? Well, I wasn't saying that. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm, I didn't mean that. Ugh. That is what we usually do. Yeah, I know, but I meant, like, it more as a general... Fuck. Okay. Um, she rolls her eyes and looks up at your ceiling. This is really stupid. What? I don't want to have to say it because it sounds so stupid now you have to say it no i don't have to say it because you know what i'm thinking i know you know i can see the look on your face ivy you know what i'm thinking it's gonna sound so stupid when i say it because i've never said it before in my life
1: cool then say it
0: no i don't want to say it
1: ivy like tilts her face up and slowly brings her the tip of her nose closer to the tip of kai's nose that's not gonna work please She like backs up as much as she can from you, but hits the door.
0: And then like literally does like a fake out move where she like bends underneath your arm and like gets out from being within your space against the door. And like weirdly
1: slinks crossing her arms more into your bedroom. And it's just like,
0: don't make me say it. Why would you make me
1: say it? Ivy like follows all of these moves. She could have caught Kai. Kai is not faster than Ivy, but she's just so confused that she, like, lets it happen. Kai, literally, I can't think of anything that you would have to say to me that would warrant this reaction. She looks at you now looking confused? Eyes furrowed? Not one thing. No. Kai, you- the, we there's no reason for us to be embarrassed in front of each other.
0: Oh, because we fuck? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Fine? No, I just mean like that's not embarrassing.
1: Yeah, I wasn't saying. Do you do you think it's embarrassing? No, I just said that's not embarrassing. But why would you why would you think that it could be embarrassing? That I don't think it could be embarrassing. I'm hot. It's not embarrassing to have sex with me. No, I I don't think I don't think it's a embar- Do you have to prove it to me you want to have sex right now? No. Okay. Maybe. Wait, I don't know. I think maybe, maybe not right now, but like, I, I, can I change my answer later?
0: Yeah. I'm just really confused on how you don't think- Just say it. She starts scrunching up her nose. Like she's disgusted by something. She's like, I can't.
1: You're literally not scared of anything. You just know, you know what it is. Why are you making me say it? Ivy does not. She shakes her head back and forth and she's just like, I don't, I actually, you know, I'm confused by you most of the time and I feel like you assume that I'm like reading your mind and I have a lot of senses, but reading your mind is not one of them. And actually you in particular confuse me and frustrate me. She walks I up just, really close to you. And I would just like you to tell me what you mean. I didn't know that I confused you. I'm not trying to confuse
0: you. I thought I'm usually pretty clear. You are,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not. No, I'm not being clear right now. But usually, everything. But now, you
1: are. Yes, usually you are very clear. Okay. Mm.
0: I'm not trying to ever confuse you. Thanks. I just thought because I'm usually clear that this would be clear, but I'm seeing that it's not translating.
1: No, it's not. It's not at okay, all. Okay.
0: Fine. So I just came here to talk because i did not know if this would be the best time seeing as what just recently transpired and what you are feeling and the things that you were going to if this would be the right time to ask if we would maybe not just fuck what else do you want to do ivy you're really making me spell it out more than that
1: <gasps> oh <clears throat> thank god I see. Sorry, like you said, I have a lot on my mind right now. And for some reason, the first thing that came to mind was like that we would fight, like fight club style. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of. I would easily take you down. Okay, that's like really debatable. I don't think so. Okay, so is that a yes to the fight club because...
0: No, 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 because I would just embarrass you.
1: I don't get embarrassed.
0: Okay, can you answer my question?
1: Uh, the answer is I will think about it it's not that i don't like you like as a person i really really do i don't know when i'll be able to be uh god i sound like every
0: terrible boy ever ivy i literally came over here to ask you if this was a good time to do this and you are giving me your answer which is no this is not a good time to do this No,
1: it's not. But it's not a no. The answer to the question isn't a no. It's just a...
0: The answer to the question is a no, because I was asking you if this was the right time.
1: Kai. What? I'm trying to tell you that I'm not telling you no, I don't want to date you. I'm just saying maybe can we date later?
0: Yeah, when you're ready to be absolutely fucking embarrassed in front of all of your friends when I pin you to the ground, then yeah, just come find me.
1: That would not make me embarrassed.
0: Just so you know. She smirks. It would make all of them embarrassed probably we should still do it
1: okay ivy leans in towards kai and a few millimeters away from her mouth says i have a question for you now
0: she is looking directly at your lips when she says what can we still
1: like even if
0: we're not she raises her eyebrows what are you asking me i think you need to be a little bit clearer Will you
1: fuck me while I figure out what's going on in my
0: life? She smirks even bigger and she leans in and quickly pecks you on the lips and then says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't the right time for that, Ivy.
1: You do not get to make fun of me for that. And then Ivy like grabs her by the back of the neck and kisses her again for real.
3: It's only a day or two after everything that happened with Caleb, his dad, and his Aunt Sarah in the woods for Caleb to find himself again, leaving his room in between. A game with Sam, running to the bathroom, stopping on his way back, staring at Adam's door. It hasn't been locked, but it has been shut closed this entire time, like a time capsule of whatever it was before the events of the hockey game. At one point, Caleb's mom went inside just to get some clothes to bury him, but other than that, nothing's been touched, and Caleb makes the rest of the way across the hallway to his brother's room. There's one of those cheesy little signs on the outside that says, caution, do not enter like a biohazard symbol on it, cracks it open, and it creaks a little bit. It's one of those things just about this house. All the doors creak a little bit differently, so Caleb knows when that door opens versus another one. It's familiar, the sound. He steps inside and shuts the door behind him. The bed's unmade. There are some t-shirts, pants thrown on top of the comforter, a few scattered around the floor. There's a backpack spilling open with papers and books over by his desk. The desk itself is more just extra space than desk. It has his old laptop on it, piles of stuff, an old pair of shoes. That he got two years ago for some reason there are posters all over the walls of sports stars celebrities that caleb can't name still an old radiohead poster some knickknacks memorabilia awards that he won pictures polaroids that ivy took it's like he never left it's like he just went out for a little bit a run over to the gas station the mini mart like he had hockey practice that ran a little bit late and he's going to be coming back soon and caleb just stands there in the middle of it all and says out loud but you're not coming back soon On the desk, there's an old boombox. It's this, like, weird teal color that is chipped off a little around the sides. There's a stack of CDs that's sitting next to the desk. He flips through a couple of the CDs, pulls out one that he flips over a few times, kind of shakes the CD case in his hand, taps it against his nail, cracks it open, pulls the CD out, pops it in, hits play. He goes and sits on Adam's bed. It takes a minute to kick in. Marching Bands of Manhattan is the first song that plays on this Death Cab for Cutie album. Adam showed it to Caleb when they were Younger. Caleb must have been like eight or nine. Adam would have been nine or 10. Adam always knew that Caleb would like music more than him, but he was still the older brother. He was the one that had to show Caleb things and make some kind of lasting impression that he knew more, that he knew the right stuff. But Caleb latched on to the music and Adam, it was like a hobby. Something nice. It was like a gift that Adam didn't realize he was giving to Caleb. It would outlast him. Caleb scoots forward on the bed, kneels down on the floor, and starts to rifle around underneath the bed. There's some boxes of stuff down here. Caleb knows what's in there i think anyone can guess what's in there adam always thought he was so secretive and smart and sneaky with everything it's he's still a teenage boy he takes those old shoe boxes and pushes them out of the way though because there's one in the back it's this old adidas shoe box covered in a thick layer of dust it has drawings in magic Erase crayola marker on the outside little doodles of weird looking smiley faces a big sun the sun has a pair of sunglasses on it caleb added those he pulls it out holds it in his lap takes the top off of the box. There's not much in here. Some cool-looking rocks, an old bracelet from a water park, some cards from past birthdays that his mother told him to hang on to because he was supposed to write thank-you letters for, and he never did, so Caleb did instead. As he's rifling through everything, his hand catches on a folded-up piece of lined notebook paper, and there's this quick intake of breath because he honestly didn't know if it was going to be in here or not, or if Adam would have thrown it away. This little keepsake box of his, if it was worthy of sticking around around, but Adam was always deeper and more sentimental than he led on to. Caleb pulls it out and unfolds it. It's a picture in crayola crayon that Caleb drew for Adam of the Crush and egg characters because Adam was the one that introduced him to it in the first place. Caleb drew one of them riding a skateboard and there's like fire coming out of the back of it. Adam was the one to play it first because Caleb didn't really know how to work the controls just yet and Adam being the older brother of course gets the good controller. So Caleb would watch, study it, try and figure out all the little strategies that were going on and then Adam went away for some camp. Maybe it was hockey could have been basketball, baseball, who knows. And Caleb, loving it so much, tried to play it by himself, but he just couldn't figure it out. It was too tough. The levels were difficult, and just when he thought that he was going to give up, there was a knock on the door, and it was Sawyer looking for Adam, because the two of them were supposed to go on another one of their adventures into the woods, or catch a newt. But no, Adam was away. It was just Caleb here, in the video game, on pause, the creaky music playing out of their TV. And well, it wasn't newts, but it was something to do. And so Sawyer and Caleb played together. and that's when Caleb first saw Sawyer as being someone who took an interest in him outside of his brother not attachment Adam wasn't there he could have left it was Adam that brought them together though in the present Caleb takes the picture and realizes that it's kind of smudgy now Maybe time has done just a little bit too much to it, even though it was in a box underneath everything, but then it's blurring even more, and he holds a hand to his face and realizes that he's crying, and he realizes that he hasn't cried since Adam died. The Death Cab album continues to play, behind him. He takes the piece of paper of all these old memories, hopes and dreams that Adam won't get to have anymore. But Adam will always be here, so long as Caleb is. He takes the paper and holds it to his chest and allows himself to cry and grieve because he doesn't need to be strong for anyone when he's in Adam's room. That's when Adam gets to be strong for him.
1: So... Understandably, Sawyer has been sticking around his own home, which means that Ivy has been sticking around his home. Sometimes when Sawyer isn't even aware of it, Ivy will just be laying under his bed or in his closet or in various parts of the house watching Annabelle if he dozes off. She finds it comforting, but one night she sneaks in and Pharaoh is downstairs watching Annabelle and Sawyer's just sitting in his room. Normally, he would be playing with his animals, playing a video game, reading, occupying himself, but he's just sitting still. And as he hears the familiar sound of the screen on his window popping out and Ivy lifting the window glass up, he doesn't even turn his head. Uh, hey, how you doing?
2: Tired, how about you? Same. And I'll walk over to my bed and kind of sit down. spot next to me.
1: Ivy shuts the window and goes and sits next to Sawyer and gently puts her head on his shoulder. Rough night.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be a rough couple weeks. Years. That was the most emo thing I've ever heard you say.
1: I know. I'm really getting back into my emo phase. It's like Twelve-year-old Ivy, all over again.
2: I've unfortunately been listening to a lot of The Cure.
1: Ah, oh, God, no! you are not The Cure.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Have you gone to see my mom?
1: Yeah, I usually go after hours. I've been checking on her, talking to her. I think
2: she'll be fine soon. right?
1: Yeah, she will be. She has so many people taking care of her and, and, and caring about her, and
2: she'll she'll be fine. And, and Annabelle will be fine, too. Ugh. And Sawyer will lean back, smash against his bed, bounce.
1: Ivy does the same and lands right next to him. So I was thinking back to uh, when we were little, and uh, I have an idea. Feel free to say no. Might not be the vibe tonight, but um, it might cheer us up a little bit. Okay. Ivy turns to face Sawyer and just says... Do you know if Caleb's home? I
2: I think so. I can send a text.
1: Maybe don't. Why? It's been a little while. Like two years at this point, right? Oh,
2: that's what you're talking about? Yeah. You've got me. Okay, you've got me? Yes! Yes! However, (laughs) maybe we wait just a little bit. I don't know about tonight. Maybe let Caleb grieve for a little bit? That's fair. But like next week.
1: I kind of thought maybe, maybe we can tell him this time that it's us.
2: Oh, God. Uh.
1: Is that too much? I thought maybe it would be a bonding thing, but maybe. It's probably
2: a good idea, as long as it's the best one yet. You got it. I think it'll still help us all, honestly.
1: So, where are we in our Twilight rewatch?
2: Um, Honestly, we could just restart.
1: Yeah,
0: from the, the beginning. The first
2: one's my favorite.
0: Pharaoh, at any point, do you explain the true nature of the quote-unquote FBI and or do you share anything you found in Sarah's house with the rest of the peeps?
4: Pharaoh told Sawyer that they would tell him any everything, slash answer all of his questions. So Pharaoh will talk to Sawyer about that. When it comes to Ivy, they don't really feel comfortable being around her. Caleb, especially with all the shit he went through with Adam, even though they have a lot of respect for him, they do not feel like they're buddy buddy in any way, at least not quite yet. So without agent drummond or mashburn of course knowing they would find a time when sawyer is not in crises mode to just sort of be like hey what questions do you have i will answer them
2: oh man where do we even start so your what what's your status your your rank my rank yeah what's the what's the group what do you do
4: They laugh, um, and they say, well, you know you know the X-Files? No. You don't know the X-Files? Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically kind of like that. Um, It's this branch, if I'm being completely honest, they didn't really tell me too much about their internal operations, I think, because they didn't want to trust a 14-year-old with a rap sheet as long as they are. So they didn't tell me too much, but the basis of it is the Obsidian Agency was built to observe unnatural phenomena and they've had an eye on y'all's town for a long time actually like they've known about ivy's dads and the moors and stuff for a while but your family wasn't well, we didn't quite know how y'all fit in
2: oh yeah and I totally just gave that up huh
4: well it's a fact that y'all just humans we didn't they didn't think that you were just normal people they just thought you were really good at hiding whatever it was not to be a
2: skilled fan. friggin gardeners <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah dude but yeah so they, they've kept an eye on this place for a while but they started getting worried when things started to deteriorate they were worried that whatever weird shit was happening here was going to spread and so they sent me in to figure out like what the situation was to see you know if there was a risk to the surrounding area from whatever weird shit was happening here
2: do they call you like agent
4: you know i tried to get like my own badge and everything and i did steal a couple um but they never actually gave me my own title
2: you don't have like a like a ghost gun No! I,
4: I have asked for so many gadgets, Sawyer, and I have been denied every single time. Honestly, super unprofessional.
2: But there are gadgets.
4: Yes, that I'm not allowed to touch.
2: Do you know where they are? Or who has some?
4: So you know the lady with the scary ponytail that was asking everybody questions? She's, she's got a few things. I know she's at least got like a drone and some thermal cams.
2: <sighs> you know, I'm just saying I'm not in this agency. So I probably, there probably won't be too many re- repercussions if I get caught, but like it would be kind of fun to play with those.
4: I mean, I know where they are, but like every time I go in near there, they like watch me. So like be wild if something else happened to slip by while I was talking with people.
2: Yeah, well, uh, what are you doing next week?
4: You know. My week's pretty open.
2: Me too. Kind of we'll find a time to hang out.
4: They have bugs. Bugs? No, like 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 the microphones, the little microphone things. Ah, on you? No, no, not on no. <laughs> no. They tried. Although you need to learn to lock your phone better.
2: I don't have a I don't keep a passcode.
4: I know. That's what I'm saying.
2: Ah. Uh, Yeah, but I feel like if I do a passcode... What am I saying? Hold up. Did you know about Kai and like that whole deal?
4: All right. Not in a weird way, but I was kind of hired to stalk all of you. I think we've established that.
2: It's a lot of stalkers in this town.
4: Yeah. Y'all have an abundance. It's really a problem. Kai is terrifying. And she's the main reason why I wasn't able to keep tabs on the Duncans after a bit. Because she She took my... She took my spy spot.
1: You
2: were just going to use the shed?
4: I basically called dibs on it. It'd also
2: be tough because of, like, the hearing.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't hear stuff. I would just kind of, like, watch. Because, again, they wouldn't give me any gadgets. It's ridiculous.
2: So you're just, like, as scared as I am with all this stuff?
4: Um, well, you've had your whole life to prepare and get okay with the idea of vampires and werewolves.
2: (laughs) Didn't change much.
4: I was, I was honestly just there to try to get close to you all which I didn't really I don't know if I did a great job of considering the fact that they get kind of awkward and they look at you and they say this is gonna sound shitty but when I first got here I hated you almost as much as William and and I had no reason to it was just I just saw how I don't know how you had both parents and a younger sibling and friends who like hung around and, and it was super immature and dumb of me but i i tried to turn you into a villain in my head but that didn't last too long because i don't know i saw how william also was with you so i just i, I do I, I did i felt weird about it so i just wanted to i know this is like awkward and shit but i just want to say i'm sorry and I, I don't
2: think it's awkward
4: you have a different threshold for that i think
2: i think so as well
4: i here's the thing i thought i was super cool till i came here and y'all have like
2: you are super cool Thanks. You're in, like, a friggin' secret organization.
4: Yeah, oh, by the way, it is so secret. Holy shit, I did not say anything. Look at- Sawyer, look at me. Oh, fuck. I didn't say anything, my guy.
2: There's, like, two people who I really can't lie to very well.
4: No!
1: Sawyer? Sawyer. Sawyer.
2: Like, especially one of them is, like, really hard to lie to.
1: Sawyer? Sawyer?
2: Literally can hear my heartbeat.
1: Sawyer? Sawyer? If
4: Ivy Duncan finds out that I was spying on her, how do you think she's gonna react, my guy?
1: Ivy rolls out from under Sawyer's bed and says, How do you think I would react, Pharaoh?
4: You hear their heart, just stop. (laughs) For, like, a beat. And they go... I could give you the card of the person who hired me because it's technically their fault. So if you want to talk to them instead, I'm a child. I'm a child.
1: I'm a, more of a child. We're all children. Sawyer, you were actually going to try to lie to me? No. Ah, uh, no. No, no, you should have seen the look
4: in his eyes, Ivy. He, w- he, was, he was so ready to be like, I can't ever betray ivy didn't she just, just hear what i was about to say i was about to say exactly that yeah he's he's so he was about to betray me
2: and any day of the week but, i'd betray yep, you yeah any day
1: 100 i
2: walk over to the other side of the room by ivy
1: who am i nobody team ivy ivy's eyes just flick back and forth between the two of you <laughs> she's just so still watching you guys like break down. Honestly, I'm not very surprised, but Pharaoh, I will be needing all the files you have on me and my family. Okay. Thank you.
2: Just standing behind Ivy, like holding a thumbs up, like,
1: just nod and say yes. (laughs) Okay, start like nodding. (laughs) Also, if you need help getting those gadgets, I'm much faster than both of you. (gasps) Oh, yes.
4: Holy shit. Oh my God, now, Sawyer, now we can have night vision. (gasps) We'll finally have superpowers. We'll be like Batman, dude. Well, I'll be Batman, you be Robin.
2: I'm kind of fine with that. Ivy, turn, uh, turn around, plug your ears.
1: That's not going to help. Just turn around and plug your ears. Ivy turns around and plugs her ears, but it does nothing.
2: And I walk over to Pharaoh and I'll put my hand on your shoulder. She can't hear anything now. Um, Just roll with it. I, I don't blame you. I probably would have hated me too. And I'll just awkwardly hug you. <laughs>
4: I think there's a beat where you just say that and your hand is still just like on their shoulder and they're both looking at each other with the same awkward expression as the slight nod with like the half awkward smile. I
2: pull you in really like awkwardly slow. Like we have to both take a step forward in order to do it. Farrah like lifts
4: their arms a bit but then doesn't know if they should go over or like under.
2: I'm just squeezing around your arms.
4: And then uh, you feel like something move in their pocket and... You you hear like a sweat, like a beep, and fair goes, oh shit, sorry, boat And like their little rat sticks
1: his head out and looks at you. You know, I'm
2: kind of into, oh, Ivy, you can, you can take off your plugs.
1: Yeah, are you guys done? That was the most awkward shit I've ever heard. I mean, I didn't hear.
2: Does, do you want to check out my animals?
1: Oh my God.
4: Um, I know nothing about lizards, amphibians, what's your, like.
2: Yeah, all that. There's a lot of different species in this room.
4: So long as there's no rat snakes. Get it? Cause, cause, Beauregard. regard. Do they eat rats? Yeah, that's like their thing.
2: No, I don't have anything in here that's gonna eat a rat. But you can see my newt!
3: I think it's a little bit after Caleb has his time really saying goodbye to Adam, before he becomes a little more responsive with messaging and communicating with Sawyer. It's not that he's been ignoring Sawyer, like, earlier this year it's more just that he feels distant whenever you do talk
2: to him like there's something else that's on his mind and sawyer throughout the text has not uh, attempted to prod any further than need be and has accepted that distance um has come to terms with it's going to be a couple of weeks before we can at least have a regular somewhat conversation
3: There's a mutual understanding as well that even though Caleb is experiencing hardship, that Sawyer also is going through it. I mean, if Adam wasn't a big enough impact to the group as a whole, you bring Sawyer's mother into this as well. Everything that's going on with him and his sister, is screwed up fucking dad. It's been rough, to say the least.
2: Sawyer had texted Caleb a few times. We had seen each other, but nothing nothing really concrete has was was founded up until then. And so Sawyer texts Caleb one day. Can we delete? Can I see you?
3: There's a minute, and then a dot 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 disappears. Dot 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 disappears. Yeah. On my way over. It's a little thumbs up reaction. About 30-ish minutes later, you get a on the door. Caleb answers. And you notice as well that the only car that's in the carport here is Adam's. Uh, Hey, is everything okay?
2: Yeah. Do you want to go up to your room? Y- yeah. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, c- is that okay?
2: Here. Yeah. Yes. Sir meanders on in. Caleb follows him up walk inside and kind of just stand there in the the doorway rubbing my hands on my around my pockets so uh you sick of being asked if you're okay
3: you yeah
2: it's terrible like they could at least try to get some new material or something it's the i'm sorry's for me i mean it's like i i understand i get it i there's really not a whole lot else to say but it's like you know Apology accepted? I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Some lady in the
3: grocery store came up to me and my mom uh, a couple days ago and looked at me dead in the eyes and said, I'm sorry. And I said, oh, so you did this? That shut her up, at least. But
2: my mom was, like, pissed. No, that was pretty good. Sorry. grabs your hand, just squeezes it and looks at you. Do you think you're ready to start kind of hanging out again, seeing people?
3: He squeezes your hand back and lifts them up so that he can take his other hand and start to tap against your knuckles. His head turns slightly out to the hallway, and you can see that the door to Adam's room is wide open, and that it looks like it's been cleaned recently. There's no clothes or books or papers or anything laying around on the floor. The bed's been made. Jasper is actually sitting on Adam's bed, sleeping in the sunlight Caleb nods and looks back at their hands
2: yeah yeah I, th- I think I am did you want a sappy speech or do you want to just make out he
3: takes their hands holds them so that he can bring them up to his mouth and places a chaste kiss on the back of Sawyer's palm you're more of the talker in this relationship you want to give me a speech <sighs> sit down he goes over into his bed sits down holds his arms out expectantly
2: Sawyer are raises up a finger and chokes on his breath, ah, mm-hmm. and then walks over and sits next to you. You had a really strong start. Yeah, we, um, well, first off, we should officially date, I think. And I'll look over at you half-expectingly, wide-eyed.
3: Caleb crosses his arms over his chest, and the look on his face is, like, it's so disgustingly fond. He's actually biting his lower lip, trying not to smile too much. And he just goes, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, I like the idea of that. Okay, good.
2: I think that we should go on a date, and I think that it should just be you and me, and and mm, mm, no Sam, no Ivy, and I don't know what the main event would be. We can maybe come up with that together, but I know I want to build a fort, and I know I want to cuddle with you and play spooky games or crushing eggs too, and that just sounds like a nice date and i think we both kind of deserve that
3: caleb leans over and takes one of his hands to cup against sawyer's chin how about we go bowling that's a good date also it brings out your competitive nature and i think that's really hot
2: oh yeah i kind of forgot about no it's good it's good yeah
3: i like it okay and then we can come back here and i mean if you're already so riled up from bowling
2: we could skip the fort i think yeah, that can be for another day. I, I do. I do really want to make a fort and, like, cuddle up and get all cozy. Like, that just, it just
3: sounds so awesome. That can be another date. So, what I'm hearing is we're planning two dates
2: already. I have a feeling that the first date's going to go pretty well. Yeah. I do uh, want to actually tell you something, though. I'm all ears. I'm not the best with words, even though I spew a lot of them out. And I think you already know this, but um, I will always be there. Whether you're at a different school, whether you're ignoring me, hopefully you don't, again, or whether you're right in front of me, but you're kind of not present, I will be here, always.
3: I didn't tell you why I was ignoring you, did I?
2: I never brought it up, you know, I, yeah, no, you didn't tell me, I was just sort of really, you know, I thought we were past it, didn't want to bring it up, but yeah, why were you ignoring me? He moves his hand down to
3: take one of yours and hold it together on your thigh. My boarding school, I made a scene. I didn't think that I had to worry about the wolf, about the inheritance. It wasn't mine. It was Adam's. He was the one that had to control his temper. There was a guy. I thought he liked me. I thought he liked me a lot. And I was so stupid for him. I would do anything that he wanted. And then he publicly humiliated me, called me a freak. And a weirdo because who could like you and i got so wrapped up in it that i snapped and it came out <laughs> and there was a lot of cover-up that had to take place uh he's fine by the way um his cast is off now but it was a lot and i came home and adam was weird my parents were weird i mean i'm sure they had a lot of legal issues that they had to deal with but i felt like a freak and a monster and then here's sawyer I don't know if you've ever heard about him before. He's this kind of dorky guy.
2: Real lame, I heard.
3: No, he's not lame. He's just passionate about everything that he loves. He cares so deeply, and I thought that if he saw me for what I was, that that would go away too. And so, <laughs> great idea I had. Just pretend like he doesn't exist distance yourself from him, Caleb, and then you won't care about him anymore. And I didn't think about how much that would have hurt you. I'm sorry. That was cruel, what I did. I didn't take into account your feelings, romantic or otherwise. I just made
2: a decision for the both of us. It was a real dick move. Sawyer starts kind of giggling. I sort of got in a fight too over the same stuff about you. It's a little bit before you really started school and I got a little angry. I missed. I got hit pretty hard. I, I hope this goes without being said, but I have always seen you.
3: Caleb looks down at their hands, squeezes. I think some part of me has always known that.
2: Sawyer will lean in and put his hand, slide the hand against the back of your neck and kiss you. Caleb takes the hand,
3: moves it up further and clenches it so that you're grabbing at the like the rough of his neck, the back of his hair, and then pushes forward, kisses you harder
2: sawyer starts to grab onto your shirt starts to pull at it starts to grab your hair a little harder leans into you and attempts to push you backwards onto the bed
3: caleb surprisingly goes very willingly
2: sawyer starts to move his hand down and starts to unbutton and pulls back is
3: this okay Caleb pulls back for just a minute. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, can I keep my shirt on though? Whatever you want. Fuck, okay, yeah, yeah. And then reaches down, undoes his belt buckle, and then moves back up, no patience, and starts biting at the side of your chin, working his way down your neck. It's all teeth. I think we're
2: good there. It'll go fade to black.
0: Pharaoh, your phone rings and you look at the caller ID and it's your mom, which isn't weird in the sense like your mom has been periodically checking up on you for the last few months, but it's always like she texts at the worst time. She'd be like, hey sweetie how are you doing? And you respond, she's like, oh I'm so sorry, I'm on ER rotation, gotta go. Or it's at 2am in the middle of a night shift, or it's like 8am and you text her back, she's like, oh I'm sorry I worked last night, I have to go to bed now. There's never seems to be a good time and there hasn't really been a phone call so it's a little bit odd that randomly at the beginning of December, you get a phone call from your mom.
4: My mom's not a big caller anyway she usually just texts, so this is weird even though this whole last few months have been kind of weird, so I answer and be like, hey what's up? Pharaoh,
0: it is so good to hear your voice Yeah, yeah you too. How are you doing? I'm doing good, you know. School has been great. I made friends. That's wonderful. I I think that if I'm if I'm reading this calendar correctly that your winter break starts on the is that the 17th? Uh yeah, the 17th. Wonderful. Are you um I was just wondering if you're you coming home because I you remember that paramedic Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Donnie. We've we've talked a bit and we think that it would be great if we all got together and uh spent Spent the holidays together. You could get to know him a little bit better. Oh, um, getting to know Donnie better. As fantastic
4: as that sounds, Mom. Um, I actually... And Pharaoh's like, racking their brain. I actually... I am spending the holidays with a few friends because we started a, a club and we have a lot of research to do when the next semester starts because it's like um it's it's like a science fair club so we were just gonna hunker down you know because i don't want to lose the scholarship oh my so. god no
0: i don't want you to do that either but you, you don't think you could even get off just for just for the couple days and come back i
4: would love to because donnie he and i have had some riveting conversations in the past so i am so looking f- i would love to just sort of talk to him more but no, honestly, I, th- I think you deserve a Christmas where you can relax and you don't have to worry about
0: anything. I don't think we've ever celebrated Christmas without each other.
4: They have to bite their tongue from saying something like, it's every Christmas because their mom works an ER center and the holidays are like the busiest time they rarely actually have anything more than just like a cursory Merry Christmas walk through as she rushes out the door if they get to see her at all they oftentimes would go to the hospital and spend hours waiting for their mom to pass by so they can get a couple words in with each other and every time one of her boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever stays over it Pharaoh is put farther on the back burner than they normally are anyway so they know that if Donnie's there their mom's not gonna talk to them really not out of maliciousness just out of distraction or something they haven't quite figured it out in instead of being snarky they just say I know and I'm I'm gonna miss you a lot we can still call um maybe we can
0: video chat or something well I think that would be lovely to, to video chat on christmas yeah let's
4: let's do that pharaoh knows there's like a 50 percent chance that's not even gonna happen well
0: i'm very i'm very sad and donnie's gonna be sad too that you can't be home ah poor donnie i'm hoping that your club helps and i and i hope that you I, are you like doing a science fair
4: is that what it's for y- we are planning it gotten really into stem it's it's gonna be great i'll i'll send a i'll send a picture of a Volcano or whatever the projects that we end up doing are. But, you know, we still gotta, like, plan. Get everything
0: together. Okay. Well, that's sad news, but I guess I'll figure it out. How to spend Christmas without you. And, um... I, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, okay?
4: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. Send Donnie my regards. Oh, I'll let him
0: know you said hi. Uh, you hang up the phone, and Beauregard is kind of like climbing around your bed, and you hear a call from the kitchen
4: Pharaoh, dinner's ready. Pharaoh scoops Beauregard up and pushes the door open. And says, is it lasagna again? Or did you like figure out something else you could Did could. you not want it to be lasagna? No, I do. I just think that it'd be great if you added something else to your repertoire.
0: Well, the thing about lasagna is that you can eat it for like three days. Yeah, I know. It's very
4: useful. I gotcha.
0: You finish your homework?
4: They kind of plop down and start poking at their food. And they look up at Elias, who has been way chiller than they thought he would be in the end. They tried to keep things, like, super, like, business or whatever at one point. But that quickly faded once Pharaoh realized how easy and how fun it was to mess with him. And once they sort of created a little bit of a bond. But they sit down at the table and start, like, scarfing down the lasagna. But even before he gets a chance to sit down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, I hope this... Oh, So, um, I had a
0: question for you He starts cutting into his piece of lasagna Yeah, you know, if it's about class, I can't give you any pointers That would be cheating Oh, yeah, because cheating is so bad So, do
4: you, like, do you go anywhere during winter break? Like, do you, is this just, like, your school home? Or, like, do you get sent on, like, other missions or...
0: Well, this is my home home.
4: Some people, like, go on vacations or whatever. You don't have any plans? No,
0: I don't have enough vacation days lined up from either of these jobs to get. The agency doesn't give you enough vacation day. I just don't have enough saved up for, to make it worth it. Also you have to like be with them for like a certain amount of years and every year you get like one more vacation day. It's, it's a stupid rule.
4: So good thing I'm starting now. By the time I'm 50 I'll be able to take a week off.
0: He looks a little shocked. Did you want to continue on that
4: was that was that was part of the thing that i wanted to talk with you about i have never had like a job with money being given to me before and i find that i like it a lot what type of job did you
0: have that because isn't that the definition of a job well it wasn't so much a job as it was well listen i've (laughs) seen your files if that's what you're talking about yeah
4: so stealing is much easier but it also comes with more risks and it's not as fun so my my mom, uh, she's got someone staying over during the holidays, so there's not much room for me over there. So I was I was just going to wonder if you were staying here for the holidays, if I could also keep crashing here. I know that wasn't part of like our arrangement, but it'd be way easier than like trying to find another room or something somewhere. So I just figured I'd maybe like ask that before I started going around like trying to find an apartment or something. I don't know.
0: I don't think that anybody is going to rent an apartment to a fourteen year old, but you can go try. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't quite look old enough for my fake ID yet. Pharaoh, you don't have to go try. They like
4: smile and then look at the big casserole dish of lasagna and like reach across and like just scoop out another big plateful. And they say, so do you know if my job is done or if I could still get paid to just sort of like hang out with the trio?
0: We're gonna have to take that question to Agent Drummond. But Agent Drummond doesn't like me. She likes you in the sense that you're- I I think her ponytail's too tight she could probably get a lot of tension relief if she loosened it a bit but i think technically this part of the job is done but um we do have the fact that there are people who saw some things that they shouldn't have seen uh, the fact that uh there are probably going to be many more supernatural events in this area seeming as like whatever was keeping them out isn't really doing that anymore so um i think that there's a good chance that she would have more use for you but also what we're doing is kind of illegal Wait, what do you mean because you're 14 your mother does not n- really know where you are she's
4: fine i told her i was like at like a school new boarding school and, or and we made
0: talk. sure that you had the papers to prove that but yeah you're you're very 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 much underage and this was gonna be a uh One off because we were giving you a way out of going to jail. I feel like that was kind of coercion, but I'm not complaining. You were given an offer and you accepted. Okay, so so
4: what I'm hearing is I need to do more legal things to almost get thrown in jail and then have you sweep
0: in and like pluck me. This is way, way, way past my pay grade on the understanding of how they get away with this. I simply am your handler. I just make sure that you don't die. Hey, remember when I told you about the flaming skeleton? I was
4: there. I think maybe you should fight a little harder is all I'm saying to keep me around.
0: You know, when you jump headfirst into an exorcism and don't text me until you're already there, that's a little bit difficult for me to do. Well, li- will listen, plans change
4: sometimes and maybe emergencies pop up. I was not prepared for it. I showed up, did I not? Yes, you did. I appreciate there that. There you go. Okay. But I can still crash here during winter
0: break. For winter break. We'll see what happens after.
4: Cool, cool. Well, then the next school year starts, and since I'm a minor, you want me to get my education, right? Like, it's very imperative that I stay within the same, like, environment, because studies show that, like, a lot of change can be disruptive to a young mind.
0: You don't want me to have a disruptive mind, do you, Elias? Pharaoh, your job is insane. You're going to have a disrupted mind.
4: It's all about damage control.
0: We will talk to Asian Drummond after the holiday, which you will spend here eating my lasagna because you know you love it.
4: I don't know what you're talking about and then shoves a huge shovel full just like into their mouth.
0: It is a week and a half into December. You still have a little bit of school before winter break hits. And you, Caleb and Sawyer, get a text in your group chat with Sam that says, Okay, I am sick of this. We have to do this together or we stop doing it at all. My mom said you can come over. Be here at five. Okay cool you guys get to sam's house you both have been here before sorry to apologize caleb to just you know see their friends and you knock on the door and it opens really much before you get your uh knuckles against the wood and sam goes thank goodness took you long enough what's with the sass
3: yeah where's this coming from the
0: sass The sass is because we could have had this game fucking finished. And they stop and they, like, listen for a second to their house. Okay, she didn't hear me. We could have had this game freaking finished. But we have not been able to work as a group. And I'm over here doing my thing. And you're over there doing your thing. And you're over there doing your thing. And it is not working.
3: Let's do a game jam. With an absolute deadpan face, Caleb says, my brother died.
0: Yeah, Caleb, I'm aware. I was there.
2: Yeah, he's super dead. Like, in the ground, cold. My mom's in a coma.
0: They look at Sawyer. They look back. I am sorry. I've said this before. to both of you. I am very sorry. You are going through what you are going through. But can we work on the game now? Yeah. Let's do a game jam. 24 hours. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, I gotta show you guys what I've done because you've been missing out. Lead on. They lead you into uh, their bedroom and every so often they kind of like glance back at you. And Caleb, I think you can read that. They feel bad, but they don't know necessarily if they're supposed to feel bad. And they also have no idea at all how to deal with a situation as such where their friends feel bad, except for ignoring it entirely and trying to make their friends feel better. So they're in this space of like, what if we do a thing that nobody has to think about anything else for a really, really, really long time. And that's what they're trying to accomplish. And you can just kind of see like in the way they're kind of like nervously, like making sure you guys are following them. So Sam gets into their room and it's just a small desk with big monitor on it and they're like okay update me where are you Sawyer in the pro in your process
2: concept art is like pretty much done I've written a couple of like side quests Ah, I mean Caleb I've got, and I
3: reach into my bag and I pull out little portable hard drive. I've got chunks of the dialogue and some of the other like narration over top uh, set at least for the first level. Uh, the second level I need a little bit of help with because like we talked about like the platform sequencing being a little bit different and I want to make sure that I hit those beats. Oh yeah, and I also started working on um, that like a just like an eight bit. Like the like. soundtrack? I know we didn't, I know we didn't talk about it like that much, but see, I just- this like this is the thing, this is when you text. You text, and go,
0: hey, I'm going to do this thing because it's cool and I would like to know the cool things.
3: You were working on the theme? Yeah, it's, it's not like that big, big of a deal though. It's just like, if, no, if, if, that's, if it's
2: bad. I was working on, this actually worked out great. I was working on the ambiance, so like the soundscapes. So let's, let me take my, let's just play them at the same time, see if they work.
0: You guys are too in sync. I hope they don't work their eyes are just narrowed at you.
3: I I turn to Sam and I go, dead brother.
0: You can't use that forever, but it's only been about a month so you can still use it.
3: I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth, Sam.
0: Hey, do you remember that time that we tried to get Adam in trouble at a party and then I broke my face and then we still tried to get Adam in trouble at the hospital? We didn't succeed.
3: Caleb like, Puts, puts a hand over his face. Because it's hard to forget, actually. it's That was pretty good. That night was very different for me. Oh, that was a very different night for you, huh? Goes back to computer typing. As Sawyer is busying himself with the computer and like I have set down like the my little portable hard drive so you can like hook that up as well. I'm going to like take Sam aside just for a second and say we're both good you know like I'm just doing this to rib into you. I'm okay. He's okay.
0: Okay but like you don't have to be.
3: Yeah kind of came to terms with that just a couple days ago.
0: I want you to be good. I want you both to be good.
3: I think this is helping.
0: I do know how to deal with shit sometimes. Oh no, she's gonna hear me through the walls. I do know how to deal with stuff sometimes.
3: I reach forward and put Sam into a headlock and give them a noogie.
0: Okay, what are you doing? What? Stop it. What are you doing this for? You're so cute. I'm mixing the sound. Caleb is wrestling me.
3: So win. I'm not wrestling you as I start to shake them from side to side.
0: They are made. To sit in front of a computer and type, not to fight off a friend.
3: I grab both of Sam's shoulders and push them forward and then sit them down in, uh, like, the chair next to Sawyer. And then I'll go ahead and pull up, like, a stool that's in the room as well, because Sam does not have enough seating here. And I'll pull it up right behind where Sawyer and Sam are. So I'm, like,
2: looking over both of their shoulders. Sawyer starts rubbing his hands. He sits back. All right, first kind of big milestone let's boot up the start screen and see if the uh if the sound all mixes i'll press space bar
0: sam gets really really close to the speaker and listens without making a comment
3: caleb is looking in his lap and staring at his fingernails and picking the skin around his fingernails and trying not to look like he's blushing too much because he's actually really really nervous and this was actually super important to him and he really wants them to like it but he's really uns
2: certain you look up and you see first as your eyes move sawyer's foot tapping on the ground and then you keep going up and you see his head just kind of bopping back and forth vibing out
3: caleb grins a little bit to himself looks back down and then looks over to sam to see their reaction
0: they're completely stoic faced listening and the song ends and they go okay so you know when we were talking about that you could like warp to some other place like if you got through the portal and you would get to the other place in the game i think what would work is if we like took this and then when they were warping sped it up so it was like high pitched and fast
3: okay that's that could be cool i was thinking too whenever we do the underground level i know we only have like the framework for it right now but i could take this and kind of distort it make it like pitched down a little bit eerie and oh, dark yeah.
2: and we're replacing the underground level like we're getting rid of the water level because the scope was our scope was just too big right and we're going to replace it too hard
0: uh, too hard to do underwater and no one likes playing the underwater levels
2: yeah it always stresses me out i think we're gonna have a hit
0: well i did i did fix the the bug that made the start button uh close the game so i fixed that
2: that's a
3: good start good start are you serious right now a good start
0: Hey, I think it was a
1: good pun.
2: Oh my god. Thank I have my head in my hands. I'm going to pull up my phone, just text Ivy. Just a regular everyday text, what you up to?
1: Ivy is sitting in Adam's car. She frequently sneaks into it and she's just laying in the back seat smelling him and her finger traces the little circle of his blood on the fabric of the back seat. Her phone goes off and she like Pulls it up in front of her face. Types out hating myself. Backspace. Being emo. Backspace. Nothing. Send.
2: Sorry. Checks his phone. Looks back at you two, Sam and Caleb. Do you think we could get Ivy over here?
0: Okay. Do you know what the weirdest thing is? Is that I was literally gonna say, hey, do you want to text Ivy to come over? And then I thought you were gonna yell at me, and I was gonna be like, oh, I was just a joke. Oh, I was just kidding. I don't, I don't have a crush on her anymore. And then you said it anyway, so it's not on me.
2: Now we, we need some outside ears and, and eyes on this. Come over to Sam's. We miss you, Send. She's kind of single, I think, Sam.
3: She's kind of single.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm not.
3: What? Wait. 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 Who? Wait. What?
0: I don't want to belittle your uh, dead brother and your comatose mother, but you haven't really been around a lot and things have happened...
3: Yeah, I guess it has kind of been like almost a month. I put my hands on Sam's chair and turn it so that it's facing me. And then I pick my hands up and put them on either side of Sam's face and say, tell me everything right now.
0: Also, sorry, sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think you got, you, you don't get the joke like Caleb gets a joke. I won't say it anymore.
2: I don't have as dark of a sense of humor.
0: Yeah, I'm very sorry.
2: It's okay. Also, do I know? I know, right? I know who it is? I know. Don't don't tell me, I know. Okay, tell me.
0: I just assumed that everybody knew because you dressed me up like a duck and apparently that worked. I didn't like the duck, but the duck worked.
3: It shows off how cute you are.
0: Oh, I don't know if, I mean, I'm not like single, but I don't know if it's a fish. you know, that, that whole thing. That's so confusing. You're not me. single. Well, I just said I wasn't single. I was affirming. Thank you. But I don't know how it works. Like it's really weird because like we're dating, we're not dating, but we're like together. We're not official. Those are the same three words.
2: The person that you really want to ask about all this is on their way, I think.
1: You get a text from Ivy that says, I miss you guys too, maybe some other time. Ivy puts down her phone on the back seat and sits up, looking between the seats, looking at the driver's side, passenger side. She leans her head against the driver's side headrest and presses her nose against the fabric. Adam was always running late, always showering and then still getting in his car soaking wet, and the headrest has just absorbed the smell of his shampoo. And she just sits there and thinks about just the, the years and years of memories and love. And she lays back down in the back seat and holds her phone over her heart. And she thinks about the last thing that she said to him, which was, I love you. At least she got that right.
2: You get another text.
1: She checks it.
2: Bitch, I know your ass is just sitting around being emo. Whenever you're ready... We'll be around.
1: Ivy laughs through the tears and she texts back, you're right, I think I have to be for a little bit though. And thanks.
2: You get a Spotify link to I'm Not Okay by MCR. Have fun.
1: You know I've been listening to this all day.
2: So your heart's that message and just says love you. Love
0: you too.
1: Jordan actually told me that we should put a duck in level four.
3: Oh, so now Jordan's going to decide where the duck goes.
0: I didn't even, there wasn't even a duck. Caleb, she just said that maybe you could put a duck in. Does she like, is that like her
3: favorite animal? Did we hit something that we didn't even know was going on there?
0: I think she thinks it's like the little little, tiny baby ones are cute. I
3: mean, little tiny baby ducks are cute.
2: What if we like hit a bunch of Easter eggs, but they're like duck eggs and if you collect all the duck eggs then at the end it hatches into a duck i don't know
0: i asked her to marry me
2: oh Wh- what sam maybe
0: no that was a result that was like it was like will you if she, if she plays the game and she collects all the eggs at the end it says will you marry me
3: how about we save that for like the sequel Is that too
0: far did i go too quick
3: yeah take a step back. Maybe, maybe, maybe a couple down the line that could happen.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
3: But I like, I like the duck egg idea. If it hatches, we can turn it into another asset that it follows your character around. That would be fun.
2: Yeah, like a little duck like trailing after you. That'd be really I cute. Love that. Should
0: we make it quack? Like when, when you jump, it quacks.
2: I like that. Okay. We're going to have some heavy inspiration from Crushing Egg. It's going to be pretty transparent. How many games
0: have It is like the only game many of us have played for about 20,000 times. So yeah, I, I think that uh, that's inevitable. It's our first game though. Yeah. Isn't like the whole thing when you're first starting out, you kind of accidentally maybe steal everything from something you love?
3: I think that's every artist ever in the world.
0: And then, you, and then you go and you fix it and you change it. But we have a different story. The game mechanics are just kind of similar. We're
2: fine. Yeah, this game's going to be great.
0: Hey, I'm really glad that you guys are friends so that we're friends too. Now, cause like, I was loving being Caleb's friend, but it's really cool being your friend too. And they're just typing away at the computer. We're friends? And they pause. Sorry, did I misread the situation?
2: No, I'm totally just fucking with Ooh, you. Okay, yeah, no. okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. No,
2: Sam, you're the best. We are absolutely Because
0: friends. you can have your, if if you were, you can have your jean jacket back.
2: No, I no, I was really just fucking with you. <laughs> Truly, we are friends. I love hanging out with you. If you weren't friends with Sam right now, I would break up with you. Man, did it really not come across? this joke? Man, I gotta work on that.
0: Well, see, you know how you don't have a dark sense of humor? I sometimes don't have a sense of humor.
3: All right, I have a great sense of humor. Like
0: I don't get it a lot.
3: Yeah, your sense of humor is great though, and your timing is impeccable.
2: You got the pun. That's all I care about.
0: It's the sarcasm. The sarcasm trips me up.
2: Noted. Sir so just smiles.
0: Caleb can attest to that. He likes making fun of me for it.
2: It is really good.
0: Hey, we also never talked about the fact that, uh, the moon was red the other night. Wasn't that why child.
2: Uh, it uh is a blood moon. Those are pretty, they're rare, but they happen. Do you want to
0: see what I found? It's really, really cool.
2: What did you find?
0: Okay, hold on a second. And they get up out of their seat and they go into into their closet and they pull this little wooden box down from the top of their shelf. I thought it was so cool and I've never seen anything like it before. And I have no idea what it is, but it's really pretty. And they open the top of this box and they gingerly pull out this like film-like translucent shape. Shim- shimmery. shimmery like piece of something that kind of just like waves kind of like jiggle a little bit and it kind of flutters. Isn't this so cool? I found this. It definitely looks like a piece of the barrier.
3: Where did you find it?
0: It was on the ground outside my house.
3: Oh um can I touch it?
0: Yeah I'm touching it. Don't break it. It's like really brittle.
3: Okay I touched the barrier piece.
0: It doesn't really feel like anything it is so thin and it's it's almost like kind of gel like but thin like it's the weirdest thing you've ever touched can i see it
2: yeah it's
0: yeah be careful
2: it looks like some sort of um like salamander skin like a creature shed it
0: they grab it back from you i didn't know salamanders glowed sometimes bioluminescence
3: Yeah, I mean, you're like the reptile-amphibian guy. You know these things. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm probably just want to toss it
3: maybe like flush it down the toilet
2: yeah i may flush it it might start to smell to rot oh yeah because it's skin it doesn't smell like anything that's actually a really bad sign that means that it's starting to put out bad things into the air vapors
0: i need you to roll to manipulate seven their brows kind of furrow if it's just salamander skin why do you need me to throw it out you know what and they place it in the box and they close the lid and they put their hand on top of the box and they put their other hand on their hip i'll throw it out if you tell me what it is is, because i think you know
2: honestly i do not know the properties of that specific thing that you have in that box i look to sawyer and there's something in my eyes that says please don't be mad at me sawyer's eyes widen and you get like a oh no look i look to sam sam there's <coughs> stuff
3: <coughs> that uh
2: <laughs> look to sawyer again <coughs> sorry something in my
3: throat i look to sam things happened on the night that the moon turned red that aren't natural
2: you guys hungry i'm hungry i think maybe should we go to
0: the gas station caleb what does that mean
3: they're supernatural like uh like not normal um not
0: can you stop giving me synonyms and maybe lay a fact on me
3: I look at Sawyer, I look at Sam, I grab Sam's shoulders, hold them into me, cut my hands, and whisper into their ear, Sam, you are my best friend in the world, you've been with me for every hardship I've ever had, and I need you to know that there are some things that I will never be able to tell you, because if I do, government drones will come and kill me.
0: You lean back from them, their eyes widen. I thought Damien was full of shit, but there are aliens, aren't there?
3: My eyes, like, go to Sawyer. Sawyer's so just fur- like, freaking shaking yes. And it's probably a combination of like the anxiety on my face, like the stress of this situation, of coming up with this half-hearted, ridiculous lie last minute that I look like I'm terrified that I just told Sam that.
0: Is this alien skin?
3: I swallow very deeply.
0: They drop it and it kind of like, it doesn't splat. It doesn't make a sound. It just kind of like, like a feather hitting the desk, kind of just like...
3: I just stare at it on the ground. We gotta flush it. It can't be tied to us, Sam. It can't be tied to us. They could be watching us right now.
0: Who's what? What? Mm. Okay, the government drones. Starts typing again. Okay, I'll go flush it. Okay. I cannot believe I am touching a piece of outer space. <laughs>
3: I'll
0: go, fine. And they walk out of the bedroom.
3: I lean into Sawyer's shoulder and like speak into his armpit, essentially. God, I can't believe I almost did it. Oh, my God. I don't know
0: why that... Oh,
2: my God. I don't know what I was That'd thinking. A good I don't maneuver
0: know. at the end there.
2: So, so, so shocking to
0: me, too. You guys hear the toilet flush down the hall. Okay, aliens. And they come back. I feel like I'm going to do... No, it's fine. I haven't told him yet, so it's fine. It's not a lie I haven't even told him. Who? Damien's going to hate not knowing about the alien skin.
3: Sam, he's going to figure out something or other. Some way or another. Sooner or later. And let's be honest, this is Damien we're talking about. If you were to find something before him, I don't think he'd ever recover.
0: That's true. Okay, so let's do non-alien related topics, such as the video game.
2: Video game. Video games.
0: Ducky McQuacks or just Quince. sits down, starts typing into a code box. We like shouldn't put like a UFO in the game, right? That would be weird. No. Okay. I think.
2: Yeah, what happened to just switching the topic?
0: Well, it's just kind of like there now. Now I know something, you know, that I wasn't supposed to know. I know, to and know. you gotta,
2: you gotta block it out. You gotta think of something block else. I am actually hungry. Should we go get some food? We could just go to the gas station. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good idea. The three of you: Ivy, Caleb, and Sawyer.
0: From a very young age, being children of the three founding houses of Wildmore had been taught their ways, their traditions, the expectations, even though you at that point in time didn't know everything that it had to do with. And so, the subject of the handing ceremony has been dropped to the wayside over the last month or so, seeing as there are a lot of other things that the families are contending with. But, as it nears, and the 20th passes, there is chat. In the Blackthorn Manor, brief mentions of, Bast, don't forget to press your suit for tomorrow. In the Moore State, it's, Caleb, did you lose your pin again? And... In the Hook house, it's a quick text from William to Sawyer saying, don't forget what day it is pharaoh you get a text from an unknown number that says we think you should be a part of this now you are family after all
4: pharaoh looks at their phone and like there's rarely a a, like like a moment where they're genuinely confused they see that and they say is this and they backspace backspace who is this (laughs) dot 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 question mark and they send that
0: apologies this is gabriel duncan pharaoh
4: nearly drops their phone they're like oh shit
0: Another text comes through, we have a special dinner tomorrow, you should come, Blackthorn Manor, 6pm.
4: They immediately text Sawyer with a screenshot of this and say, am I the dinner, question mark, question mark, question mark?
2: No, you should come.
4: They go back to Gabriel's text and they say, um, okay, should I bring anything? We have everything we need. And they don't know if they like, should like, like that message or send like a thumbs up or okie dokie so they just like awkwardly stare at it for a minute and then like just leave that screen
2: you you get another text from sawyer that says dot 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 at least i don't think you're the dinner
4: please don't be a dick right now and then they backspace 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 (laughs) haha very funny backspace 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 because they still don't know they're they're trying to figure out how to directly interact and like what level of sarcasm is okay and all this other stuff Can I bring a plus one, or is this weird, like, cult shit?
2: Probably just you.
4: Weird cult shit. Copy that.
2: Send a little devil emoji.
0: Sir, you get a text the day before from Bast that says, please bring Annabelle with you tomorrow when you come. I will. Ivy, you get a text, and it says, are you good yet? Another one says, jk another one says i'm not being pushy another one says it was it was a joke i'm realizing it does not come off through text that it was a joke anyways i'll see you
1: tomorrow ivy texts back kai (laughs) and says i have this dinner thing are you coming yeah that's where i'm gonna see you tomorrow okay cool sorry to be weird i think i started it ivy laughs you for sure did we can hang out after though Dot, dot, dot. We'll see how it goes. Ivy kind of grimaces at her phone and hearts that text. And then she goes to put her phone away, but then she pulls it back out and she says, Excited to see you! Exclamation point. Deletes the exclamation point. The 21st of December
0: comes and there's a nervous energy pervading Blackthorn Manor that isn't usually there it's not nervous and like people don't know what's going on it's it feels like changes in the air it feels like something is different about this for one there's going to be five house children in attendance which has never happened before there is going to be outsiders in attendance which has never happened before and so there's just a frenetic uncertainty the moors arrive by car five minutes before 6 pm so with Annabelle rushes in the door about eight minutes after 6 p.m., and Pharaoh comes strolling in about a quarter after 6 p.m., and for the first time since that night, the four of you are all together again, in the unknown waiting for whatever is about to happen. What should happen is that... Sarah Moore should be passing off the stone to Ivy, but Sarah Moore arrived without the stone and is currently in the other room laughing with your dads. Annabelle is kind of following Sawyer wherever he goes in Blackthorn Manor, and William is nowhere to be seen. But you have a moment, the four of you.
2: Fancy seeing you all here. You've been waiting to use that all night, haven't you? Yeah, I've been thinking of some sort of I could icebreaker. see it eating you alive. Actually, I do have something kind of interesting. I haven't really told you guys this yet. I like saw all of history.
1: Please explain. Is that what that was?
2: Y- yeah, did you I had like this horrible migraine. I felt like I might I I was you, having you just like looked an aneurysm.
4: For a bit. Yeah, it was really
2: cool. Oh looking. really? I saw like everything. Like the whole everything of history of here.
3: I told you specifically not to get yourself hurt or in any kind of trouble. What how did you do that why did you wait so long to tell all of history
1: glass ball sawyer
3: yes so weak
2: noted i'm a motherfucking prophet
4: like a human glow stick
1: oh my god pharaoh
3: so when you went full and then
2: i do the like the cracking motion that pharaoh just made and go whoa what happened next i came to head hurt I don't know I didn't have a whole lot of time to honestly comprehend a lot of it I we were kind of on to the next thing
1: but he was okay obviously <laughs> I didn't let him die yeah if we could all stop making a cracking of a glow stick motion every time we refer to Sawyer that would make me feel a little bit better
3: I'd feel a lot better too
1: I didn't crack I
2: didn't reverberate live with the wah I didn't my mind became like an archivist of Wildmore. Ooh,
1: good word Wait, it was just Wildmore? Yeah. Oh, so you didn't actually like see every all of No, history. not like all of
2: history. I said of here. That's cool. F- fuck you guys. You guys get all their shit. I got to see all of history. This is cool. Be happy for me.
1: What's the coolest thing you saw?
2: Um, murder.
1: Wow, great. Okay, Very we've cool, all seen that, though.
2: Not to like dull your moment. This one dude set the record for like I mean he like jumped off a really high diving board. That was kinda cool. A lot of mundane shit, and then there's like a lot of like fucked up shit.
1: Have you seen anything since? No. I say this though, just be careful when touching the heart. Great, good to know.
2: I would take some Excedrin.
1: It's alright, I'm already working on it.
3: Well, I think the plan is to not touch the heart again. At least. And I look to the room where I can hear my aunt's laugh, echoing. There's something still, too, that I'm not used to hearing it again. That when I do hear it, it makes me smile instantly. I don't think it's ever supposed to be touched again.
1: So is it like you just have to stand guard outside now? Beats
3: me. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I mean, I'm supposed to be doing it and I don't even really know what it means.
3: Well, I mean, Sawyer, you saw the history of everything. You watched how it went from hand to hand to hand to hand. Now, if it stays put, I mean, I guess we just kind of make sure no one touches we can it. Try. And all of this, and he kind of like motions around the house, the party, all the people dressed up, stuffy formalities.
1: Yeah,
0: Pharaoh, you realize that you did not get a dress code. This whole time, Pharaoh's been in like their
4: normal jeans and a fucking t shirt, and they are fuming at Sawyer for not like, them there's a dress code but they also are like I could also booby trap the hallway to it if that
1: helps we could do a whole like keep to th- keep it safe
3: yeah I mean it wouldn't not help
1: a Pharaoh I'm pretty sure I'm the booby trap yeah but
4: like you're not are you planning on standing next to it for however long that got no. a life right
1: yeah I have a very rich and varied life Pharaoh. So booby traps! They're perfect!
2: I think the point of it all, though, is whatever we decide to do, it's in our hands now.
3: Our very skilled, very knowledgeable, very teenage hands. Yep. Sweaty hands.
4: You see Pharaoh kind of, like, blanch a little bit, like, wait, I don't want to be included in this particular thing. (laughs) Actually, hold on. (laughs) They kind of lean to you, so they're like, wait, am I expected to be part of the girl's cult or group or... Like what?
2: Uh, di- you're here, well, Yeah, because
4: Gabriel said there was food.
0: I didn't get. I didn't get any other context or dress codes, Sawyer. I didn't think. Ask more questions next time, Sarah. So you feel a little tug on your pants. I'm here too. Do I get to do it? Yeah. And
2: no, I'll pick her up. You're you're part of this team too. Yay! You're
3: potentially the strongest weapon that we have.
1: She clenches her fist. I could fight. Yeah, let's see those guns. And Ivy, like, with her just her thumb and forefinger, like squeezes Annabelle's tiny, tiny bicep. Woo, look at those.
3: I'll take mercy on Pharaoh uh, in jeans and a fucking t-shirt. I'll take off my suit coat, hand it over to them. Then I immediately start rolling up the sleeves on this button up and like undo like the first two buttons of it and like take the tie off.
4: They give you like the most like grateful look. They're like, "Thank you so much."
3: This is killing me, anyways. You're doing me a favor.
4: It's probably a little bit big on them, but the majority of their clothes tends to be a little bit big on them, anyways. Ivy reaches up to her earlobes and says, "Pharaoh, your ears pierced?" They, like, pull their shaggy mess of a hair back and they have, like, a triple helix on one ear and, like, multiple piercings on their lobes. It's mainly just, like, little silver studs right now, like, like Claire's
1: level shit. Perfect. Here. And she removes both of her, like, diamond drop 200-year-old earrings and drops them in Pharaoh's palm, and then she steps close to them and says, if you lose those, you are losing a historical artifact. Why would you give these to someone with a record for stealing shit, Ivy? Because honestly, I don't really care, and I think they would look good on you.
4: They kind of, like, smirk a little bit, like, you know what, they would look really cool. But they do manage to, like, wedge them in their earlobes.
1: They add to the overall effect.
4: Can we
2: all hang out after this? You know, we never did go to the diner. That'd be fun. I'm down. Me too. Fair,
3: you've never been, right?
4: Um, uh, so I've pretty much been to the gas station and y'all's houses.
3: Oh, you have so much to learn. Okay, there's nothing to do in this town, so you've hit up, unfortunately, two of the hottest spots. The diner is nice though.
0: Okay. I'd, yeah, that that'd be nice. There is a knock on the front door and Gabriel comes rushing out of the dining room, and opens it, and standing out front are Wyatt and Kai, and they come in, and Kai is in this, like, white button-down bolo tie, kind of, like, over-large suit jacket that's a little too big for her, and hands stuffed deep in the pockets of her pants, and she walks in with Wyatt, and Wyatt is kind of whisked one way, and Kai's just left standing there, and then she looks at all of you and, like, meets all of your eyes, and she walks up near Ivy and kind of like stands behind Ivy and leans close to her ear and says, I trust you. And then walks away
1: following Wyatt and
0: Gabriel into the dining room.
1: Ivy lets out a little breath.
2: So he's just looking at her, waving his eyebrows.
1: She rolls her eyes and looks him dead in the face and just says, Not a word. Not a word.
2: Zips his lips, opens his mouth, puts the key in.
1: How does that work when you just zipped your lips and now the key's going
2: right? So he's just motioning like he can't speak. Caleb crosses his arms over his chest and like watches this
3: whole display happens and goes, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are like really gay. It's kind of disgusting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's she's got me good. Ivy meets Caleb's eyes. She doesn't know how Caleb would feel about her and Kai so soon. Not that it was not happening before, but she kind of looks to him to gauge how he's feeling.
3: He nods a few times, then meets her glance, and as if to answer her question, turns around over his shoulder to watch Kai leave. Really not my type, but I can see the appeal. Suits you.
1: Ivy grins, takes up her whole face.
3: Caleb smirks a little bit and then like looks down. Let's get this fucking show on the
2: road.
0: There's a a call from Sharon Moore. Kids, if you're ready, we're ready for you.
2: That's our cue. I grab Ivy's hand beforehand, just give it a little squeeze and say, You got this.
0: You walk as a group into the dining room. There's no food set out, there's no drinks set out. It doesn't seem like this is a dinner party of sorts, despite possibly what um, Gabriel told Pharaoh to get them there. Their stomach growls so loud. Bass and Gabriel on one side, Sharon and Daniel on the other side of the ta- this long dining table, and Kai and Wyatt are standing at the opposite end from where you enter the room. As you guys enter, the adults are kind of leaning back, looking at you expectantly, when you guys all kind of just stand there for a second. Bass says, well, it took us maybe longer than you would have liked, but you talked and we listened and the events of uh, in early November kind of changed the course of how we look at this town and not that our families have not always been intertwined as such but not in the way you all have formed your relationships that is different from and he nods across the table at the moors how we think of one another and this would have been the day that our family would have been receiving the honor of holding the stone, the piece of the heart that we all have spent our lives guarding and protecting. But as we can see by Sarah's presence, that thing may be best off where it is. Today, it's your turn to make the decision and the decisions moving forward. At the other end of the table, Wyatt rips a piece of paper into like tiny little pieces and tosses them onto the table. Kai kind of looks at him and he nods at her in assurance and she pulls out of her pocket where her hands have been jammed this crumpled piece of paper that she kind of opens up, and she slams it down on the table, and it's blank she looks up at you all of you and she says well guess it's time for a new treaty isn't it
3: i look between my friends and then back to kai and it feels fitting i'm the one that grabbed the stone in the first place that broke and repaired the barrier simultaneously i step forward first what do you need of us
0: i need us to come to an agreement you all with me and my family and my people as the guardians and protectors of this place like we had before but not the same something that works for all of us now. pharaoh leans towards sawyer and just whispers
4: this sounds like it might take
0: a while did can we order a pizza or something or is that like against protocol you're that hungry huh i was told that okay pharaoh i'm so sorry i brought you here under false pretenses oh, oh no, you, get you. no get you you're like no it's I'll go good get you a no, sn- you i'll be right to, back and gabriel to, stands oh up No, it's fine.
2: No, no, no. This is exactly what you wanted.
1: Actually, Papa, I would love a pizza too with olives. I was gonna do
0: like a nice little charcuterie board, but fine, fine. I'll order pizza.
3: Can we get one with
4: pineapple? I
0: just want meat, like pepperoni.
2: I I like all of the toppings. I like I like pineapple. I like every topping. Anything whatever everybody wants
0: there's a moment where he looks to bast and bast looks almost appalled the man who created the seven course french meal is now handing over the power to kids
1: ordering a bunch of pizza but centers himself and says pizza it is
0: maybe
2: that should be in the treaty like pizza at every meeting you know
1: Ivy puts her hand on Sawyer's arm and says, Maybe we should focus on more important things for the treaty. And she glances over at Kai and mouths, I trust you, back at her.
4: I I personally vote to get rid of the two kids only rule. I think that would be nice.
2: I'm with you.
0: (laughs) Sharon Moore pipes up and says, Well, that was instated so that the houses had a balance of power when it came to the transference of the stone. And since that isn't an issue any longer, or at least I don't think think it is, it doesn't seem that there would ever be an imbalance of power. One house wouldn't have too many to hold, so... It's also why all of you are here. There are three hooks here. There's one Duncan, and there's one more. And if you guys are fine with that, then that is how we shall move forward. Also, as you can see, we are missing somebody. We invited the people today that we thought you would want to be here, and we find it necessary to back you up if you decide that William Hook is no longer allowed to be involved in our family workings.
4: If Sharon's looking at Pharaoh when she says that, Pharaoh does kind of shrink back a little bit because, I don't know, for all their bravado, these rules have been around and they're so ancient and there's like so much like history here that they just don't understand. They have no idea like if them showing pleasure at that idea will get like a target on their back. They're kind of waiting to follow Sawyer's lead.
2: Sawyer will step forward and put Annabelle down, hold her hand. I think... That is not up to just me. And I think that that's how things are going to go with every decision we make. We're going to talk about it and come to the right decision. And I'll turn around and look at everyone.
3: Caleb nods. Regardless of how many people we have in each house, we still have three houses. That can break a vote. What do you guys vote? I look to Ivy.
1: I meet Caleb's glance and then look between Sawyer and Annabelle and Pharaoh. I mean, I want y'all all around. I think we should have everyone here.
3: As for William...
1: I think that's Sawyer's decision. I hate to be the one to bring this
4: up, but does William have any information or skills that are invaluable that we can't replicate or improve upon?
3: I think there are things about William Hook that no one in this room will ever know completely. If it's possible to get that information out of him, I think it's worth a shot. What this new treaty is going to bring is a sense of community. We have a shared responsibility now we're not passing off a rock from one home to another for eternity we're taking care of it together
2: i as hard as it is don't want to start this new chapter with disdain so i vote to keep him
4: pharaoh just gives one solemn nod
2: under the pretense that we deliberately limit his power within the family but not kick him out agreed i agree are you okay with that Pharaoh?
4: oh yeah i agree was i also supposed to say
2: no i just i want your opinion i just yeah i mean it's okay important well to me i, to I appreciate you.
4: that okay thanks
2: i just want you to make sure that you would no okay that makes that
4: makes sense yeah of course yeah
2: you'll get used to it
3: the longer you're here
0: hopefully
4: yeah and they kind of like
0: you like a half smile over at caleb i mean there's a lot we have to discuss the first big thing i want to talk about though is and then you kind of devolve the uh four of you and kai with your parents watching and you know chiming in if they feel like you need help or just a new direction but the actual writing of this document is apparently between the four of you and Kai and not Wyatt and the pizza arrives this treaty is crumpled and grease stained but it is official and it is signed by all four of you and Kai and there is a sense in this room however reluctant that your parents were to have this change however hesitant however nervous they have seemed to hand over the reins so openly to you all there seems to be an energy of looking forward not necessarily an excitement but um, something of the sort to a new future for this town a new way to live a new way to be and a new way to hold one another close it's not so late that joe's diner is closed by the time you are all finished with this. and it's a lot of work and i think there's a sense of exhaustion of thinking of every possibility every occurrence what's going to happen next how do we avoid it how do we stop it how do we hinder it and you all stumble your way the few blocks from blackthorn manor to joe's diner stumble through the the swinging door the bell jingling at the top as you enter for the first time it's the four of you the five of you if you count Kai who has uncertainly uh, followed your guys' lead away from the people who sent Wildmore spiraling in the first place and it's the first time all of you are together in a space that isn't asking for decorum, isn't asking for leadership, isn't asking for some undue respect but in a space in which the Waitress looks up from behind the bar top and says, Sawyer, it's been a long time. Glad to see you back.
2: Yeah, just here for a couple of sandwiches and a good time.
0: Well, take your seat. We still have the milkshake machine running. I know it's December, but if you're interested...
2: I'm on it. I'm on it. Sawyer will walk forward and go to his regular table, kind of usher everybody in, sit down with them, just kind of pick up the menu and look out at everybody and take a breath in this rejuvenating normalcy as as it can get. What sounds good?
1: Ivy has hooked a finger through the side of Kai's jeans and pulled her down into the booth with everyone. She looks at Sawyer over the top of the giant menu and she's like one of everything.
3: Caleb uh, leans into Sawyer's side arms crossed, squinting at the menu. I know she said the milkshake machine's still running, but she, can she still make like the floats? Yeah, she can still do the floats. Like I want a Dr. Pepper float. That sounds good. Oh, fuck yeah. If we get French fries, is anyone a good, gonna judge me if I dip them in the float? Oh no, that sounds so I'm good. I'm
1: definitely gonna judge you if you dip them in the float. I would judge you if you didn't.
3: I'm dipping them in the float.
1: Caleb and Sawyer are
4: on one side of, the, of like this, like those big circular booth things, and then um, Kai and Ivy are on the other. And Pharaoh has somehow managed to wedge themselves between like Sawyer and Ivy on like either side. It's the first time in this particular group of people. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's like adrenaline. Maybe it's just the tiredness. But they're they're sitting back and they're listening but they're not doing it in a way that they have been this whole time and, like, a trying to pay attention, get information, figure things out, make sure if it's, like, if there's, like, a safe place or, like, whatever. They're just sort of, it might be the first time, sorry, you've seen Pharaoh actually, like, sit back and relax and not in like a performative way whenever the fries get there they start picking at it and they just like there's like a very easy look on their faces they just listen and they'll occasionally chime in about like which flavor milkshakes the best dip fries in, and things like that
2: you get a thump on your forehead from a paper straw that sawyer has shot through his plastic straw before he puts it in his drink
1: hey what the Dude, I already, here, who has a straw left? I already put mine in. It's not fair. Oh, trust me, I've got, I've been saving them up because he does this every time. So here, Pharaoh, you can have some ammo and you can have some ammo.
4: Pharaoh props up one of the menus as like a makeshift like fort for them and Ivy and they just
0: sort of Can't like- can start building up the ammo.
3: I, I already started tearing them and folding them into little pieces. Put it in your mouth.
0: No, don't put them in your mouth! Spitballs! Put them in your mouth! These wet, like, spitball almost things go flying and stick against the red pleather booth of the backseat every time they miss hitting somebody. Kai settles in and, like, puts her arm around Ivy's shoulders and reaches forward and grabs a fry and tosses it in her mouth. And in the midst of chewing it, says, All right, so you guys are, like, better than I thought you would be. At Paper War, Sarah, like, looks over,
4: like, they're in the middle of building, like, a little, like, mini, like, like paper crossbow thing with straws and shit.
2: I knew that you'd come around
0: yeah well you know we all had our preconceived notions oh
2: you like us
0: shut up i didn't say that that's so embarrassing you You like like us. us i have no problem leaving right now i'll walk out the door get up and go
1: but the food's not here yet ivy grabs kai's hand that's like on her shoulder and like pulls her closer and kind of like snuggles the bottom of her head under kai's chin and is like you'll like us until i use you as a human shield arm yourself kai pharaoh yells as they like toss a thing at her my hands are kind of being used
0: now caleb
3: in tandem the two of us shoot spitballs at her she
0: like eventually yanked one of her arms out of ivy's grasp and wipes it off of her face and she's like you will regret that i know i signed a treaty but that doesn't mean i can't fuck with you
3: i'd love to see you try
0: oh i kill fucking skeletons and shit fucking
2: <laughs> shoot another one
0: As you guys are just terrorizing each other with spitballs, your table is being filled with the stupid amount of food you bought. I think the camera pans out, up and away, through the window of Joe's Diner in Wildmore, As you guys spit spitballs, eat fries, laugh, and we pull up into the sky over the town that we've all come to know so well. Seeing the strange flickering of the barrier in the distance and seeing a light streak across the sky and then begin its descent as it falls toward the town slowly faster faster gaining speed and pings against the devil shrine that flares up with a blue light and that is the end of our first season of queer pg wild high a monster heart story please, please click those five stars. And if you have some nice things to say, leave us a review while you're at it. I would like to thank our incredibly talented cast for coming on this storytelling journey with me. I want to thank all of you who have listened and give a special shout out to our patrons who have stuck with us from the beginning. Burke S, Brooke F, Basha C, Lisa B, Rachel C, Jason D, Jordan V, Michael E, Biddy Biddy, and Zach T. Thank you so much for the support. If you want to support our show by becoming a patron, you can go to Patreon.com QueerPG. Becoming a Patron allows you access to our exclusive After Show, where the cast talks about character insights and their own reaction to the episode, as well as a plethora of other perks. We have a lot coming down the line, so stay tuned on our Twitter and Instagram for those updates. You can find all of our relevant links on the episode page. Our Season 1 wrap-up will be airing Monday, April 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel. We want to thank you all again from the bottom of our hearts for listening to our show. There are many stories to come.